I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Welcome to Team Rabbitore Edition 269 with Rayo. It is Paznia, hailing from the Free Republic of Paznia. Join the team as we explore peace, autonomy, and self-liberation, and most likely astrology and human design, and all the other rabbit holes we'll find with Rayo. Welcome and well met. How's it going, dude? Hey guys, thanks a lot uh, for yeah, thanks a lot for uh, you know the chat. I, I I certainly appreciate it. I I'm actually a listener to your came, came across your guys' podcast. I guess it was a couple months ago um, through Andreas. He's one of those he's one of those folks. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I also search for like I try to follow everything that like he does and like Ari Oslin and I, I go I go down a lot of rabbit holes myself. Um, but uh, yeah, Gee, I, I, I appreciate uh, you know, what you guys are doing and the conversation you're having. Uh, so yeah, it's it's good to be here. Good to good to. You know, uh, get a get a you know get a face to the, the I guess the the voice per se. That's what's up. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. You're totally team, obviously. If you're into Andreas Exertus is his kind of handle name. Um, his his Christian name is Andreas, but uh, yeah, Exertus is into flat Earth. He he's actually got a I think Vice, like the network from it's kind of kind of hipster MTV news kind of thing. They're they're doing a special on that he did. I think dropping in March, the Ides of March. Um, March 15th. So he's got really cool output. People should check him out if they haven't. He, and the conversations we've had on here are always interesting. He's one of the most colorful people I know. So I'm glad you know about him. Um, so yeah, anyway. And also, just before you continue, you know, that's always what I'm wondering or I'm doing and wondering about is, you know, who actually is really looking into stuff, you know, like who is actually opening the links, who is actually, you know, tracing people to really find out, you know, the connecting threads. So props to you for doing that. <laughs> Yeah, and the last episode, I mean, there was things Andreas was telling us that I had no clue about, like his whole South American kind of running away from coups and stuff. Nutty, nutty stuff. I digress. So this is episode 269, and that reduces mm -hmm. numerologically down to eight. So the eight is the strength card. Trust yourself. Let your inner endurance shine. Use your power to embrace the amazing person within. You have everything within you to succeed. Raphael, what card do you have? Nice. So this is the six of sword, uh, six of wands. It is the Lord of Victory. We have victory, advancement, acclaim, obstacles swept aside, the first necessary victories of the pure fool. Oh, I think I never even read that one. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So Jim? six of wands. Uh, I mean, immediately, I don't know if you're into tarot much, but it's like uh, it's a victory card. But it's like it's saying it's kind of in the middle of it. It's not like full on victory. So. I was getting in my mind um, the final countdown with Job from Arrested Development kind of vibes. <laughs> it's like, yes, I'm a victor, and uh, but it's not like quite like 
um, the end of Lord of the Rings by any chance. You know, it's not that extreme of a victory. But um, I'm kind of curious, Raul, uh, what you're vibing with synchronistically between the strength card and that six of wands. Um, I guess the the what comes to mind for me is um, you know a lot a lot of folks over the past couple of years that you know things have gone bad for them but like since 2020 like uh, you know things have come together um, a lot for me and for a lot of people that I that, you know that I that I associate with and you know this this uh, you know this parallel network that we're that we're building um, so I guess uh, you know like we we've made great progress and 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 that and you know I've seen I've seen a lot of um, a lot of you know personal personal stuff uh, myself. Uh, obviously, yeah, it's it's ju- just getting started, and uh, I guess that's why I take away from it is you know like there's it's, we, we've already won, but we're, we're you know it's it's just the beginning. Uh, we've talked about it, I think, or I was talking to the um, going down to Costa Rica for three months, and the person who's housing me has actually been on the podcast slightly mm-hmm. with other people um, back in 2020. Um, Chilagua, I think, was the episode because he was going to run a hostel, but now it's not. And anyway. Um, and I was talking to him, and it feels a little like he's he's talking about actually Raphael. I got to talk to you about this. I said let's talk, but I haven't, and I got to be careful because there's going to be NDAs and stuff like that. But disruptive technology and next level shit, um, it's coming around the corner, and people like all of us are are how would I put it? Uh, it's like what I was talking with Rick about was um, in the Civil War, American Civil War. Uh, the war ended at one point, but because of technological information kind of communication lag. Uh, much like this episode a little because um, there's a little lag uh, between our feeds. Don't fret. Um, I'm just making sure Raphael is aware of it. Uh, it's not his fault. It's just kind of tech. Anyway, um, in the um, Civil War, people you know, over in Texas and whatever, those kinds of areas got the news of the victory of the North way later. So there were still some skirmishes. And it kind of feels like that's what's going on in the collective where um, the battles won, but we're kind of having to mop up little skirmishes and little, little kind of... Uh, things on the side at the end here but i think most people are starting to wake up to the fact that you know big brother isn't their best friend probably and maybe money isn't what they thought it was currency value wise and all these kinds of little rabbit holes we don't have to digress into it too much but um yeah the strength card is is a kind of victory in that card it shows a woman kind of the higher self the the higher chakras holding um power and control over the animalistic kind of lower nature of self and i think that's a large part of what leads to the victory of Mm -hmm. six of wands is like hey you could be full of passion and that can kind of get you in trouble sometimes kind of like in uh pinocchio um i've been listening to some jordan peterson classes which are fascinating but he goes into like six hours of pinocchio analysis which is like a jungian analysis of pinocchio which is crazy highly recommend it uh we'll put the link in this episode at some point i'm not a hardcore jordan peterson fan but i'm like this shit's dope and people should scope it um in any event the uh the passions can take over just like in um donkey island or whatever like it's like the carnival where the kids are kind of doing whatever the fuck they want and there's a beauty to being a trickster or the fool like Raphael was saying the fool but once the fool kind of masters himself that's when you can really do magic in a very different way um so i'm i'm rambling my bad uh, I, I guess mercury is an aquarius now so but um yeah anything you guys want to talk about those cards feel free and we'll kind of go from there <laughs> I'd say spot on analysis. Uh, I, I would say we just get right into it. So usually, you know, Jim, little, is this a little is, choppy, this, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know if it's only choppy or if there's delay. It seems to me more like there's delay. To me, but, there's uh, a delay. 
but yeah. we roll with it. The restream uh, server is, you know, streaming us, intertwining us like this. Anyway, Jim, this is usually where the barrage of questions starts about, you know, origin origin story, you know? <laughs> yeah. So much like just everyone imagine the uh, the final countdown. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Rao, tell us kind of, and you can be as long or winded or as short winded as you want, um, kind of the origins of how you've gotten to where you are now, where you were raised. Um, I was looking at your chart. It was South Dakota. You can get into that as much as you want or as little as you want. Um, but, you know, what kind of culture were you raised in? When did you start turning on to magic and conspiracies? How have you tapped into the dream um, up until this point kind of thing? Um, <laughs> okay, so it's a little, yeah, it's a little, little laggy. Um, I, I'd say 10 seconds, kind of five, seven seconds. Um, yep. Essentially, is that right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very good. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, the the furthest back I'll, I'll really get. I I, I kind of had an, a normal, uh, you know, a normal childhood, you know, upper, you know, middle white class, uh, you know, upper upper white class or upper upper middle class, and uh, you moved around a lot um, growing up. And um, I guess things really, I, I really, yeah, things kind of changed for me. I got diagnosed with so-called type 1 diabetes at age 16. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd had health problems growing up my entire life. I mean, I, you know, I, I was, uh, um, I, you know, I went through the, you know, the, I, yeah, a lot of, lot of uh, you know, childhood sickness from being chronically poisoned by what I call Babylon pharmaceuticals. Um, so, like, I got diabetes. Then a couple of years later, had a grand mal seizure at a metal show. And uh, um, at that point, um, I, like, I, I, sh this, this shouldn't be happening. I mean, like, I'm pretty young. Like, I shouldn't be getting sick this, this early. So I started making, I making, started making some small changes back then. And so, um, can you tell us sure. a little about a grand mal seizure? Because I've had a few petite mal seizures. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure. I was also wondering what that is. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So, so basically it's like, I, I, the, the way that I'll explain it is that, um, I remember being, being conscious. And then two days later, I, I remember waking up in the hospital uh, and uh, uh, apparently like I, I was unconscious I wasn't there um, not of not a violent person at all but apparently I was fighting the nurses so they had to restrain me um, I was out of my mind uh, you know or I guess out of my butt well, I guess out of my body and out of my mind um, and uh, I woke up, yeah two days later um, and uh, I mean I, I kind of felt like a changed person I'd been kind of selfish up until that point um, kind of uh, I would call myself an asshole for sure um, but, but after that, like my, I've said kind of, you know, they always bicker, they always bicker growing up. And after the, after that seizure, I told my mom, like, I kind of feel like a different person. And when they'd start, they'd fight about like little, little shit. And I'd, you know, try to intervene and be like, this is retort. This is ridiculous. Why are you arguing about this? Um, so I guess that would have been kind of the point. Um, I guess a, a, a turning point, um, per se. And then, yeah, when I was 19, uh, yeah, you know, 19 or so, I watched 9-11 Loose Change on Netflix and uh, um, then found Bill Cooper a year, year later um, and uh, um, became, I guess, the, 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 pro the appropriate word would be a best. Um, I, I, came across, I first stumbled across his nine-hour Porterville presentation on fascist. And uh, then uh, I, I found, I saw his, uh, you know, 9-11 prediction that he did on June 28th or, like mid -June, or end of June in 2001. And whoever, whatever they're going to blame on Ben Laden, don't you even believe it? So I was like, who the hell is this guy? So I, I read his book, and then I was working at a at a moving company at the time. So I listened to basically like all two thousand hours of of his uh, of his radio show, just you know, packing people's kitchens, getting my fucking world rocked, essentially. Who is this? Uh, so Bill that I'll put in. Bill Bill Cooper. Um, Cooper. Bill Cooper. Okay. Okay. I got you. Real classic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I was. Yeah. I was. 
Oh, that's Go that's ahead. all good. That's all good. I'm glad we're glad we got that clarified. But um, yeah, so I, I you know I, I listened to a bunch of him, and uh, then yeah, 2014 came around, and I you know I wanted I I was looking for you know obviously he died in 2001. I was killed by uh, by bludgies by police, and um, you know, like I I'd been looking for like a you know a so-called replacement for him, you know, on the radio that I could you know like I listened to, got into the same sort of subjects, and I couldn't really find anybody. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm gonna have to start the start the show myself. So um, I first entered the alternative media in February of 2015 uh, with uh, Liberty Attack Radio, which is now not radio anymore. It's just uh, Liberty Attack Publications, a, a book publishing outfit. But anyway, I started, uh, you know, the radio show back in 2015. It was designed as a replacement for his show. So I was coming at it from, you know, very much like a conspiratorial, um, you know, menarchist constitutionalist perspective. Um, you do have and, Pluto uh, then not so long after. I'm just going to, uh, you have Pluto <laughs> yeah. and Scorpio in third house, natally. I mean, and it's uh, opposite your son and stuff. You are going to be obsessed with conspiracy. Conspir- I mean, Terrence McKenna was a Scorpio. I don't know if you're into him. And he was very kind of out there. Uh, you're going to be... P- picking up rocks because he was a third house son Scorpio. So you've got the Terrence McKenna mm-hmm. um, intensity about you in terms of picking up rocks and wanting to know all the bugs and bones. And, you know, you're not disturbed by the X-Files, so to speak. Uh, go ahead. I just wanted people to know. It's like, no, he's this kid's no joke. Uh, he's been into the rabbit hole longer than we have, Raphael, longer than me. Shit. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's okay. I, I appreciate that. I could, I could listen to you. Like you, you say, I've heard you say on podcasts, you people probably don't listen to your ramble, but I could listen, listen to your ramble for hours about astrology and charts and stuff. So, um, anyway, for, for what it's worth. Um, but, uh, um, so, um, yeah, I, uh, you know, um, Bill Cooper was, was, uh, you know, very major and, uh, so, yeah, started the radio show in 2015. There we go. That's where I was. Um, started the radio show in 2015, and you know, not long after, probably you know, Mar- May or June, I, I came across uh, you know, anarchism, and uh, um, you know, some some other anarchists, kind of the voluntarist perspective. All interaction should be, you know, all interaction should be voluntary is kind of the angle. So I, I, I for you know, six months or so, I studied you know, really in depth Austrian economics, and uh, um, you know, kind of you know, came to the conclusion, yeah, free markets are where it's at. And uh, you know, coercion's wrong. So what are we going to do about it? Where's the happy um, compromise? The, the, the state, you know, it's the, the <laughs> yeah, because it's like yeah. So I, I, so I, so, yeah. And maybe for people anyone, want so like communism doesn't really work. Like people, yeah. Want- maybe for anyone not familiar, and even though I somewhat, let's say, attended, but these were more philosophy courses mainly of an Austrian economics independent institute in. Vienna like 10 years ago so I should be able to explain it but I'm not gonna try now so to anyone who isn't familiar maybe you want to give a very basic rundown of Austrian economics and I guess especially the whole idea of won't be graded don't worry Hayek versus (laughs) um or Mises versus uh, who's who's the other guy um um, of course now I forget talking like the Austrian versus Chicago schools yeah, or, or Mises or Austrian school versus who is the one with the central planning, the uh, English oh, guy oh, more, uh, or American? Marx or Keynes. Keynes, Marx Keynes, or you know, Keynes. or maybe just yeah. explain yeah. the most basic thing to anyone who's not familiar, because if even I can readily regurgitate it, you know, it means there'll be plenty who will benefit from this, if you would be so kind. Myself included, yeah. Not to detract you. I'm gonna, don't yeah, worry, and, I'll remember and, uh, we're at like 2015. So okay. compare schools of thought and you don't, okay. this isn't like a, you're a cap moon with a Taurus sun and Taurus, Mercury, and Venus. <laughs> so you're not even against doing this. Let's just kind of, yeah, draw a line to the sandbox. And like I said, you don't have to feel like a, an expert, but anything you could say is news to me because this is, Raphael apparently knows a little about it, but I am zilch. So feel free. The conch is yours. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I guess the um, what so, so I guess what, what people are most common, you know, commonly familiar with today is um, there's uh, I, I guess uh, so like the, the Keynesian perspective is um, I guess the angle that uh, you know centralized authorities, governments um, are the best managers of you know of, of the economy. Uh, and making those sorts of decisions, and since you know government, you know, and, and governments are, um, you know, they, they do things by force and coercion. So that's what their their answer is: is coercion and force. Um, you know, essentially planning things, forcing people to do things the way that they think it should be done. Um, the other angle of that is kind of the Austrian perspective, um, or the free market perspective, where um, you if you leave if you leave humans to the, you know to their devices, you know, they're um, you know we aren't we aren't uh, uh, you know I'll talk you know I'll use the wheeze and stuff now, but um, you know like you know like we aren't we aren't violent by nature, right? Like uh, um, you know, uh, a lot of people don't really don't really come across violence in their personal lives that often. Um, you know, very, there's you know maybe you know little thefts and things, but generally speaking, you know, violence is a major part of people's lives. They don't like the first the first solution to things isn't always isn't usually violence. Um, so the the Austrian perspective is that um, you know leave leave people to you know their devices. Um, you know the spontaneous order of the market. And um, you know it'll it'll sort itself out is is kind of the the Austrian perspective. Um, Laissez faire, you know, um, you know, leave leave it leave it be. Um, it's it's kind of the angle there. Non intervention, um, non intervention by by third parties. Um, and then there's you know there's further distinctions even even between that. Um, you know there's kind of the the Marx um, the Marx um, you know communism angle, which is I guess t to me I don't really see difference. There's there's obviously differences, but I don't really see, you know, the communism and Marx and Keynesian. It's it's all central planning. All it's all uh, authoritarianism, and uh, um, you know these these systems they strip um, they strip people of their choice. You know, their free choice of their you know free will. Um, it's uh, you know it's it's I, I I there's a lot of reasons to to oppose you know these institutions, or um, yeah, lots of lots of reasons. So that's kind of just an, um, a very you know brief overview. Um, it has been like I, I studied it up until probably like 2016 when I um, when I dropped out of uh, what I call high level indoctrination college. Um, so it's been a few years. And I don't. I was actually I actually pulled you know human action the the big you know Ludwig von Mises's tome like it's it's basically like the Austrian Bible. It's like a thousand pages, and so I read that thing through college, and I, I pulled that out today, and I was like I could not do that again. Um, mm -hmm. Like I'm not in like I'm not in the same mind. Instead, yeah, we were talking earlier. Like, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm getting into astrology and spagyrics, and you know, um, um, you know, like, uh, mushroom hunting and things now. Like, it's not, um, I'm not really much interested in debating, you know, the the fine points of, uh, you know, marginal utility and and, and all all these economic concepts anymore. But, um, but yeah, that's the, the the main distinction I would make is that the, the Austrians, you know, is, is more the free market perspective, non-intervention, and then these other systems are, um, sent their, you know, the, the centralization control. And that's always done. It's always done by, um, you know, by, by the use of coercion and force and, and outright violence. Um, Maybe so that's kind of the angle. Like that's, uh, that's the, the angle with I, uh, that I kind of versus interested. mystics. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if that. And while I can't reply to what you just said, Jim, maybe to give a you know fun little little personal reference. So I actually went to a school that was supposedly, according to the plaquette in front, built in three years from 1850 to 1853, about that time. And it's simply like a huge, people would have said it's a church or a monastery, but supposedly it was built as a school. So it's one of these, you know, remnant Tartarian buildings, potentially, or, you know, whatever. I guess you're familiar with that topic. And there is also a plaquette on top, which mm -hmm. at least um, claims that Ludwig van Mises himself was attending and graduating from that school. 
And then later on, who is, I guess, su supposedly the founder of Austrian economics or important uh, there. But then, which is very interesting to me in terms of all the control research, is he supposedly went to Loyola University. Either, sorry, either he went there or there's very important fellows at the Ludwig van Mises Institute in America that are that have very obvious Loyola University ties, which is, of course, the Jesuit University. So this doesn't, you know say anything in particular but i was just like oh that's kind of interesting you know that you have the tie in there because the big question of course is especially if we get into the whole reset stuff and maybe you want to say a word about this um how much does it even matter because even the austrian economics perspective though it would be much more uh, voluntary and um let's say self-driven or whatever, autonomous uh, and not so centrally planned and would have many benefits. But to what degree would this not still be, let's say, a fake alternative to the actual reality of, I don't know, abundant resources, for example, you know, mm -hmm. very simply, even just as a mind yes, construct, yes. even though from our perspective, it would already, I would be like, let's take it immediately because it's a lot better. But actually, it's, of course, not the whole thing, just as you yourself described in your journey. And for me, it was actually mm -hmm. similar. So I, I went there for half a year, had some interesting discussions and so on. But then they were even in, in this institute, they weren't even into conspiracy so much and were kind of laughing about it. And I was like, I'm sorry, guys, mm -hmm. but this is, you're too ignorant, I have to move on, but thanks, you know, thanks for the cake, I'll eat that one. And it's a good basis to understand, you know, the history and economic models. Um, but yeah, there's more, of course. So that's why we're here now. <laughs> yes, no, that's, that's a great, that's a, that's a great point. Um, and, and this, this coming around and I'll, 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 you know, finish off the story at some point. Um, you know, I, I got back in, I got back into the conspiracy stuff in 2020. And, um, I mean, you, you look at like Ludwig von Mises. Um, I, I don't remember what I don't remember what family, but he was he was funded by like Rothschilds or something like his 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 journey over to America was funded by um, and like Tom Woods has if you Google it um, or, you know, search for it, it comes up. Tom Woods wrote a um, he's a big, big podcaster. I've, I've listened to him in a long time. I don't really um, he's not he's not someone I'm interested in particularly. But the only the reason I bring him up is he actually wrote an article trying to dispel um, that, uh, you know, that myth. So like I, I've been thinking about it, too, like. Um, you know, kind of the anarcho-capitalist perspective, which is like the most radical, I guess, application of the Austrian, um, you know, Austrian school of thought. I mean, like, it's it's so easily could, like it's so easily could be used as controlled opposition. Um, like, because uh, I know up until like, like even five years ago, I was doing this. I was being dumb and doing this, you know, like justifying some of like fascist book censorship because it's a private corporation, even though it has ties to like the CIA and Inkytel and things. So like the anarcho-capitalist perspective can definitely be exploited. It's not like it's not it's not an it's not an opposition to um, the system at all. Um, it's very much like uh, like the individual. Individuals, um, the individuals like like I used to be, I used to call myself an ANCAP. I know a lot of a lot of apes now. They aren't, and they aren't. You know, um, they're fine. You know, like the the theory the theory holds up. I agree with it. You know, philosophically and ethically. But as far as the application, it can definitely be used by, um, you know, used by the first realm by Babylon. Um, yeah, and it's and yeah. I think you're, you're you're right in pointing out that it's it's still kind of um, it's still it's like it's a, it's a consumerist alternative, right? Yeah, there's a lot of shades. I guess it's, it's funny weird, because yeah. after listening to a bunch of Jordan Peterson, um, and like I said, I'm not like a fanboy beyond a point, um, but uh, he's been taught, I mean, just hearing about uh, social dominance hierarchies and stuff that are just in the gene. I mean, this gets into evolutionary presuppositions and stuff, which may or may, Raphael would scoff at this uh, at some level, I believe. Uh, it's like, oh, our star being selves aren't like this, but uh, presumably from a kind of a semi-Darwinian perspective would be we're coming from things that have had 
displays of dominance aggression and coercion and manipulation are kind of in the game it would seem so even if one puts forth a uh, philosophy that's very kind of how would i say it like more pure or like more of like you know righteous or something like that uh it seems uh it seems that inherently in our nature at some level um there's always going to be people that like want to that want to kind of fuck with other people but there's a lot of presuppositions here i'm i'm, I'm obviously listening to this jordan peterson stuff trying to be like well like he only eats meat now and i'm like a vegan so i'm like well is this like straight up like reptilian programming or what's going on here um shout out to the onegs my fiance's no neg i think Raphael might be maybe that's tmi for the three-letter corporation or to be a, to be a what an o negative oh yeah, great. Now they're gonna come hunt me. You know, I managed to avoid you know the, the, the PCR. I, man, I managed to avoid the PCR scraping, which now is officially admitted by the CDC on their website. Apparently, yep. that about ten percent they're just gonna use to sequence your DNA. But don't worry, there's nothing about getting your DNA for anything. You know, I really wonder why they want to have all of that data and what what they at least imagine they can do with it. You know, and what they're actually doing. But yeah, that's just a sideline. Yeah. So oh, thanks yeah. for pointing the marker on me like this, you know, but it's okay. <laughs> like I said, sometimes I forget that this people hear this. I, to me, it's almost like a psychotherapeutic couch that we just have people come through on. And then I'm like, oh, wait, this might actually come back to bite me, but <laughs> or Raphael or anybody. I digress. Um, so yeah, you were talking basically about, I mean, 2020, what was the trigger the election? Or like, what was like, oh shit, I've got to like think differently now because I think gear shifted around 20, uh, 2020 was yeah. the Pluto Saturn conjunction. I was in Australia. I mean, that's when COVID popped. Um, all sorts of crazy shit started happening. That's when the podcast mm-hmm. kind of became a podcast actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I guess I'll, I'll even back up a little further. Um, so, so yeah, I started, I started OUA radio and, uh, you know, on anarchism went down that, that Austrian economics rabbit hole and then just kind of realized that I know we know what the, problems are what is what are the so um that's what i've been doing the past you know i guess the past since then is um it's uh um physical liberation per se um and the past couple years has been more in the angle of spiritual liberation but but my my history is basically physical liberation looking at um you know ways people can increase their personal freedoms uh personal freedom or make themselves more invulnerable to the coercion of the state um and private individuals who would would want to violate their autonomy so um uh, so so yes I, uh, I I started a second podcast in 2017. It's the one I do now, the Vanu podcast. It's it's based on um, from the 1960s by the pseudonymous uh, individual who founded it went by Rayo, and people just started calling me that. Um, but uh, he uh, he was a very radical um, rad- radical freedom pioneer. Um, he initially moved out of his apartment into a van or into a camper mat on a pickup truck. So he pursued van nomadism, lived out of his, lived out of his vehicle. And uh, then he, uh, he, it wasn't enough freedom for him. So he actually went the, he went all the way and him and his teammates uh, went and lived in a, uh, in a Paul A-10 out in the Siskiyou um, National Forest, Siskiyou region um, until they, until he disappeared. He stopped, uh, he wrote for a lot of, you know, like libertarian and, and Vanu um, zines in the 60s and 70s. And then he just disappeared. But uh, he, he, he founded this freedom strategy. Um, you know, investigating alternative lifestyles. So, so van nomadism, um, intentional communities, um, uh, yeah, perpetual travel, just financial independence, um, basically anything that you can do to make it more uh, invulnerable to the coercion of, is the whole premise behind behind the philosophy and the freedom strategy. But uh, um, so, yeah, that's what I I I, I um, founded that. I guess just started that in in 2017. I think it was 2018. 
Uh, no, so I'm just curious if you think and, that, uh, that was like a nefarious then, thing yeah, with him getting off, like with him falling off grid. Did he just go full retard on the into oh, the no. wild mode, <laughs> or I mean, it's like a good thing. So, uh, so he wrote, yeah. There's so there was there was one last known letter, um, and all this stuff. So I've I've been re that's that's how I, I that's kind of the um, where Libertarian Type Publications came from. I published my my first book, and I wanted to digitize. All this stuff was really hard to find for me, so I wanted to digitize it and make it available because it's really, really good. Um, what I call self-liberational media. It tells people how to be free, like things that they can do. Um, so... Um, he wrote a letter. He was a, he was very much obviously with the lifestyles he chose. He didn't like he didn't like being around people. Um, he didn't like uh, you know he he was very much a, a hermit. And um, in his last letter, he he basically said he he was not going to carry on. You know he wasn't going to uh, maintain libertarian associates anymore, and then he disappeared. So it was it seems to be voluntary. It seems to be his choice. Um, and no one really no one knows what happened to him um, to him from from that point on. Um, and uh, I guess the no one really would have known about him probably unless uh, there, there was a guy uh, named Jim Stum who had been an archivist of all, a lot of the Vaughn libertarian zines from the 60s and 70s. And uh, he uh, published a book called Vaughn of the Search Personal Freedom, um, which was like a collection of his best articles. And that was available on Amazon. That's right. I, that's where I came across. It was a random stumble on, Am on, on Amazon. And then uh, um, now there's like one copy that's going for like $1,000, um, one original copy, but there's the, the, repo the repr reprinted run, uh, printed one that we've done. Um, and, uh, but yeah, he, he just disappeared. Um, I don't think it was necessarily a negative thing. Um, but yeah, no one, no one knows what, what happened to him. It's like yeah, an L. Ron Hubbard, but more kind of, um, he went the Sasquatch route <laughs> instead of the space sure. route or something. Um, so uh, cool. I'll have to check this out. And sure. the fact that you've got this publishing situation or have done these books, I'll, we'll have to post the links. I'll be reading this. Like I'm definitely in a mode where it's like, uh, you know, it's one thing to know the path. It's another thing to walk it. And I've been very conveniently talking about the path for a long time. And it seems like you've been practicing city. So props to you, sir. Um, so 2020, you were saying, um, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. a lot of big shift happened. Yeah. You kind of stopped being not that you were not, uh, you're still conspiratorial, but it seemed like maybe instead of trying to dissect the gears of things, you became more worried about, spirit spirituality for lack of better terms go ahead and tell us a little about that transformation mm -hmm. um yeah yeah so so essentially i mean i'd, I'd stop the conspiratorial conspiratorial route um you know i'd, I'd you know obviously bill cooper is big and is talking about the masons and you know all you know all sorts of secret societies and my, my viewpoint was basically like well if the state didn't exist if this apparatus of control didn't exist for them to get their you know to, to exercise their control and so you know to to gain you know gain control of then secret societies would be nothing more than like a you know a boys club but um i don't necessarily think that's the case anymore with my different with my with what i've been digging into over the past couple of years but um but yeah 2020 happened and the first thing i like i i i came across event 201 and i was like oh shit um this is uh so obviously i was like i i i didn't want i didn't want to um but you know like i came across something and i had to pursue it was so I came like, that, uh, you know, this that, is now that, when it really pays mm -hmm. off right to know about all that stuff that's <laughs> what i thought <laughs> yeah so and just for the clarity uh, 201 but, is yeah. kind of like the extermination <laughs> plan of bill gates is, is i didn't well, no, it was i turned the other way <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Coming up. it was it was an extra it was a, pa a pandemic exercise that that was that looks very that looked very very similar to um, what firing. And I also interviewed a guy named David Crow. Um, not soon after this this kicked off, he uh, he ran a podcast called The Infectious Myth, and uh, he did a lot of extensive extensive coverage on the SARS-CoV-1 uh, you know fake pandemic. And uh, um, 
so I, I interviewed him and we were going to do it. We were going to put out like an entire, he was going to basically debunk, debunk all, you know, all these so-called, you know, germ theory things. And, um, but unfortunately he died a few years, a few months after that, um, you know, from really bad cancer. Hmm. Um, so he, he was going to carry Mollis, the inventor of the PCR test died the year before. And there wasn't really a whole lot of people who could you know, very knowledgeably that, that had been studying this for that long, that had been paying attention. Um, so yeah, I guess that's, that's where I came in in 2020. I was like, fuck, I've, I have not been paying attention. Um, like I'd been, I've been doing a lot in the self-liberation realm in the direction, but it's like, I have not been paying attention to, you know, what else has been going on. So I felt vulnerable in that way. So the first thing I did, the, the first thing I did was I went back and listened to Cooper's Mystery Babylon and I listened to it again and again too. Um, so a, a few times and, uh, yeah, I, I guess uh, um, so. That was that was one thing, and then and then also too. Um, even before the before um, before this entire situation, and in, in late twenty nine, I guess mid to late twenty nineteen, I started making some lifestyle changes. Um, I hadn't been taking care of myself. I'd been I, I drank a lot, and uh, I you know obviously, and you know a standard American diet was not healthy. So I made some some you know, way of eating changes. And, uh, you know, got my mind cleared for the first time. So there was, I, f- I felt a lot better. So I was able to handle, handle more things. I had the bandwidth to handle more things. Um, so I, I'd already been looking into kind of the, um, a lot of the, the health sorts of topics. Um, and, uh, was starting, was starting to open my mind more, but I was still in that, in that phase, I guess, um, even, you know, early, early 2020, I was just reading a lot of, you know, like PubMed papers on, on the pancreas and, and trying like a solution to, you know, to reverse it. But, um, but yeah, I guess um, I, I, it's, uh, I, I, just I opened my mind a lot more. And you were so looking was, for a solution to type yeah. 1 diabetes, am I understanding correctly? Mm-hmm. And, yep. and I assume you have found it by now? Otherwise, <laughs> I can give you a hint. No, well, there's, there's about a dozen. I mean, there's, there's about a dozen. Um, it's chronic. I mean, the, the chronic thing is, is is basically the way that I look at it. Parasites, possibly too. Um, that's that's the newest angle that I'm looking at looking at. But um, to to t- to get into this to, to the spiritual thing, this is why. Like, I started I started opening my opening my mind more, and I didn't have the solution, so I wasn't one to like I wasn't in a position to turn things away um, without at least checking them out first. So I came across you know Ayurveda, you know um, you know Ayurveda that's uh, um, thousands of years of you know history and a lot of these things. And one of and there's there's two causes they list for juvenile diabetes, which is what it's, it's type it's type one. I call type diabetes where it's you just poison yourself and then eventually you get to poisons and yeah things start to happen. But um, but yeah, juvenile diabetes. Um, they say that it's it's attributed to past life sins or um, sins of parents. So like I saw that and I was like shit. So this is so I've got a and I'd already been kind of getting into meditation a little bit too, but. Like it was like okay, like I got I have to go full bore into this now. So um, I came across I came across Triple uh, Seven Radio, and you know obviously like he interviews a lot of incredible people, like uh, Athen Kamente, who was a true sidereal astrologer. So I, st- I started stumbling across these topics, and I was opening I was opening my mind to him. But then they start talking about how tropical astro- tropical astrology was not accurate. And yeah. then there was sidereal, and then yeah, I'd been getting into the Ayurveda, and then there's the Vedic astrology, which I mean about as many variations in that as there are human beings, um, at least from what I've found out. So like I I I uh, was I didn't really know where to go um, per se. So I I guess I um I, I went with what what felt right to me, and sidereal felt right to me. Like what's actually out there in the stars? Like if I go outside right now and I look up, like what am I going to see? That's what I want. 
Um, like that's the that's kind of where where, where I align, or at least at least initially align. Um, and then I came across a guy in Phoenix Aurelius who I just interviewed on on the Vani podcast um, mid December. Um, but uh, he's uh, he he does kind of medical astrology. He makes so it makes it makes all his own medicines, um, you know, um, really, really high quality, potent tinctures and things. And uh, he uh, he incorporates he's been studying it for quite some time. And uh, like as far as the medical application of it, um, the the most accurate, the most he's found is true sidereal astrology, which is, um, yeah, again, Athenkamente. Um, and I don't understand all of it. Like I haven't done the math myself. It's basically that I, I I listen to a lot of podcasts. They point me in the direction of books, and then I read a lot of books, and then I kind of realize I like I, I feel like I know less than what I did before I read the book to begin with. So, um, but it's still a fun journey. I, I enjoy it and all. But yeah. um, so so yeah, that's that's where I I, I just really started opening my mind to these things and coming across, and then yeah, it's, it got to you know like going back to to Andreas. Now I'm you know I'm listening to. Uh, you know, kind of off the wall Tartaria stuff that I wouldn't have really thought was important before, but it definitely right. is important. And then, um, and then, yeah, say uh, this. yeah. Anyway, because right in the green room, right before you came on, uh, Rafael was. I was like, oh, I'm going to be near a volcano in Arenal, Costa Rica, the Arenal volcano uh, in La Fortuna. Um, and he's like, check out if it's, I guess, subterranean cultures spewing forth there, whatever. Uh, it's it's funny to me because it, on the one hand, rabbit holes are beautiful to peer down, but if you stare into the abyss, it kind of stares back into you, and you can kind of get spun out on ideas. So, just for clarification, I think I mean let's put it this way: you're exactly always where you need to be, um, in some weird way, and I think Raphael would agree with that in his own kind of ontological perspective. Um, so we could get into varying kinds of astrology later uh, because I want to keep kind of pecking your brain about other stuff, but ultimately, I think. Um, it's kind of an Indra's net situation in a way and where you are and what you're kind of going through energetically is going to lead you towards the instrumentalities that you need. Um, and it's kind of like, I think there was a saying like, um, if you meet the Buddha, you got to kill him kind of thing. I've, I've even very, very recently kind of gone through a situation where I got a reading. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I can look at sidereal and Vedic and be like, Oh, I, I get how that works or draconic. And there's a few things that are not typical Western astrology charts tropical charts um so i've even myself backed off a little just because of the dilation of my awareness where i'm like uh, all right you know drink from the cup as long as it's filling you but like don't don't just sit there and say this is the only cup and i have to be at this cup and if it's not this cup it's, woe is me you know I, I maybe rafael could speak on that a little um because i know he was probably more i don't know i don't want to say less emphatic now but i feel like you were more zealous about bashar stuff before the covid stuff he started talking and now you're kind of like well this cup has got a kind of weird taste to it now or whatever well it's very um, simple it, it's yeah. always for me in this case and in i guess in particular with this kind of information and supposed frequency level it's a lot about consistency you know mm. and if the consistency starts to obviously break you know and I'm like, I'm sorry, this does not correlate with the core tenets that you've espoused for over 33 years. And that's the basic issue I'm taking, you know. So whatever the causes are, eventually we'll figure it out. I'm not sure how familiar you are with Bashar, Rayo, if, if at all. Not at all. Not at all. Okay, all right. So well, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's basically, I mean, highly recommended, especially the old recordings. I can, I can hook you up in some senses. Um, channeled material very high quality in many respects, very interesting and very consistent up to about, let's say, when Trump got elected, more or less. Then it started to get skewed. Well, he does live in Hollywood, it. so it might be yeah. affecting his... Who, who knows? Whatever. Who knows what it is exactly? Um, 
yeah, really so, good stuff though. Like engineering reality, this is kind of. I mean, I I don't. I'm not like way into it, but Raphael's more into it than me. But that's some of the first conversations we used to have well before a podcast. This podcast basically came out of us having like I would be on acid, talking to this stranger in Vienna, and he'd be like, "Check out this book. Check out channeling. Like check out this stuff." That's kind of why we are here now because of these conversations. But Bashar was mm-hmm. Raphael's jam for a hot minute. He might be letting off the gas a little these days. I don't know. Um, but no, and just, again, it's it's not in here again. Just to reiterate these basic things, also in association with channeling, it is never about the messenger. It is always about the message. So you know these th- things, even today, t- very much too often get intertwined with each other, and it becomes about people and not about ideas anymore. In a sense, you know. Um, so yeah, just to clarify. Um, but maybe what I'd be interested in, Rayo, is in terms of the. I'd still kick it with Bashar if you wanted to hang out, just for the record. Oh, with Bashar, <laughs> like sure. Cool. Yeah. I just want to know whatever yeah. happened in that, or, or who knows, whatever parallel version of Bashar he's connecting to now. You know, if there's infinite realities, you know, anything is possible, right? Um, just like the Terence McKenna quote you recently posted. Um, how about that? You know, there's never, I'll read it in a second. But my question in the meantime for you, Rayo, would be in terms of this shift from like physical to spiritual liberation, how would you say mm-hmm. for yourself, yeah. did you arrive at that conclusion? Because I would say in but different ways I've followed a similar path. Uh, although I more early earlier went full bore on the spiritual um, self-liberation front. But h- what was your reasoning or your process to arrive at that point? And why are you now doing that? And therefore, obviously, in my sense, see it as quote unquote superior to whatever you've done before. I mean, superior is a different thing, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So I, I guess really, um, I... I just uh, I, I kind of dropped some some of the arrogance that I that I, I guess I, I I guess I had and uh, realized that like I, I guess I, I'd already known this like I I'd, I'd known about this game of you know public indoctrination school you know public schooling I've known about all this stuff a lot of this stuff for a while but um, it was really just understanding the scope of the deception that like, like it is Babylon it's not just like this institution or that institution but it is like it's Babylon like it's the entire thing. Um, it's, it's the foundation is coercion. Like it's, that's, that's what it is. So, um, it was, it was basically that, that kind of the, the, the recognition of the scope and that I, I like, I don't know where, uh, um, to use the term, I, I came across this other, this guy's YouTube channel, uh, Matt from quantum, quantum of conscience. And but he talks about, you know, like, uh, I'm like, I didn't know where the bookends of reality lied. You know, like I did, mm-hmm. I don't know where, like, I, I didn't know where the, you know, where, where, you know, like where, where truth sto- like I, I think you understand where, where I'm what I'm saying totally. or what I'm getting at. Where's the yellow brick road so basically going? it was just like I, I was I'm just try- I was trying to eliminate <laughs> so I basically just I I, I I opened anything and um I but obviously like there's only so much time so um instead of going like I kind of, I definitely was very much kind of the rationalist atheist you know up until even like 2018 or 2019 so like at in 2020 I started like if I'd listened to a podcast and it was like someone was talking and I didn't resonate with them, like it really didn't matter what they said. It was just like, if I didn't feel like if it didn't feel right, I would just kind of move on. And then there's folks like, um, like Ari Aslan who talk, gets into some really, really wild stuff. Um, but like I resonate with him for like, if, even if people are wrong, um, you can, you can get, you can get, you know, truth and knowledge from anybody. And, um, as, as long as people, or authentic you know like in their search like that's what i appreciate it's like just the you know like lo- like i guess into like get, just basically all i need is leads like um mm-hmm. like that's all like i and then obviously like there's obviously a lot of other valuable information that comes too but like um 
<clears throat> so I guess that that'd be the um, a couple of things, just um, expanding expand my perception of reality and what was possible, and um, have second. Yeah, I guess uh, also you, you too, to, like you can play the fifth if you want. Um, have psychedelics played any part in this awakening process? Some people, like I, I mean, some people don't do any, and some people are like doing ayahuasca every day for years or whatever, uh, which I still haven't done. Somehow, I'll probably fix that in Costa Rica. Um, and you could, like I said, plead the fifth if you want. Uh, we don't want to make you say anything you don't want to say. But um, I know for me, like I, I had some Kundalini awakenings and out of body astral projections back in 2003 when I was a senior in high school. But I was a stoner, and I mean, I've been a stoner most of my life. Mushrooms, kind of acid, that kind of stuff. Um, and it actually has helped a lot. But at some levels, I think it has. <laughs> it's it's a both end. You're expanding your awareness, but then you can get kind of um, addicted to the freedom or the counterculture or i don't even know how to explain it but it, it can get very distracting kind of like in um alejandro jodorowsky's uh, olympus bar or something like that if you've ever seen holy mountain um it's like people find their thing and then they attach to it i'm just curious if uh, any of your awakening process has been and it's not wrong if it hasn't and it's cool if it has yay more evidence on this you know the arrowhead.org's fucking library but um yeah have psychedelics played any part in this awakening or or any of your processing um, so definitely cannabis. Um, I, a couple years ago, I finally got a solid, solid connection. I hadn't, I hadn't had one before. Um, so like I had really good flour and really good dabs. And I mean, I've, I'm a daily, you know, I, I do my, my first dab at 5, 6am usually. And I, I smoke, I, I, yeah, I consume all cannabis. Um, and that's definitely been, that's been one thing I, I know for sure. Like, uh, there's a book we published, um, by a, a, a I, I it was a, it's a, it's I guess a, a Middle Eastern pseudonym, but it's called a Eight Faces of the Goddess, Cannabis and the Divine Feminine, and uh, um, I didn't I, I guess I didn't really make the connection, but like it was I, I guess the um, the cannabis definitely um, was was a big part in, in, in helping to open my mind to some of these things, um, where I, I guess connecting with connecting with um, connecting with the feminine I'd, I'd I guess I'd been I'd been very probably if I if I had to just if I had to try to put it into words, I was probably imbalanced to the masculine side. Um, and that kind of, that helped bring, bring things back into balance. It helped me to, um, quit, quit drinking, which, um, I could one. not control myself before. So that was, yeah. that was a major, major thing. Um, drinking is so a it, turned, it went from like, uh, I did, re I did replace, yeah, I, I did replace drinking with smoke with, with cannabis, but like there's been, progress, um, bro. like I really, I really only, really only, only benefits. Um, and I guess up to a certain point, I'm not serve me anymore, and I'm 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 ready for that. Like I, but I do think like the, the alcohol did serve me at a certain point. I was, um, you know, I was working what I call a survival job. You know, forty hours. You know, those those you know grueling. You know, like just getting treated like shit, and not feeling, um, you know, not being able to, you know, still not being able to pay the bills and not not making any money. So like it was grueling, and that's what made me able to survive for a number of years was drinking. It served me for a time, and then it didn't, and I moved on. Um, I hear you. So, Alcohol is um, a good, yeah, cannabis definitely played a role. Anesthetizing thing. And, uh, Can, cannabis, sorry, I'm realizing how much the overlap delay is. I'm like, holy shit. Um, sure. Alcohol, I've quit recently. I mean, it's kind of this monkey on my back where I don't know about you, um, but I have more of an addictive type personality. I actually have an addiction as a gene key, <laughs> one of my shadows with the gene keys, um, with Richard Rudd's gene keys. And it's one of these things where I'm like, it's so programmatic in the system of the culture we live in that I feel like I'm missing out if I don't do it. But in all honesty, I'm so much better not doing it. It's like, it's, it's, 
people like I understand what you mean with the kind of salt mines, the grind, where you're like, holy shit, I'm never gonna get out of this. There's a reason, like Jordan Peterson was talking about it. It's like it's not unreasonable to drink. It actually does anesthetize pain and cause you to kind of forget stress. And but the problem is, it doesn't necessarily solve problems, as I guess you understand. And it can create even more problems, especially as a diabetic. I imagine mm -hmm. that was problematic. Um, so yeah, not to interrupt you, but like. It's all it's all progress. I mean, it's that way we're all walking each other home, Ram Dass style, right? So it's all good. But um, my God, there's some little loops you can get caught in, um, and it sounds like you understand the power of those loops because ultimately, it's almost like this. Um, especially because uh, at least in tropical, you have a Capricorn moon in uh, the fifth house, so it's like yeah, you've got to. Uh, you it's not surprising uh, the, the meme i've seen a bunch of like you know the tin man from the wizard of oz like being like i need oil oh my gosh it's like hey it's better to be addicted to that kind of you know or overuse cannabis than it is to overuse alcohol at this point and my fiance is all about like the vibes are changing like that shit won't even work i can't imagine going on a cruise ship or something and just be like a mardi gras situation at this point i mean i drank last year at times when i was doing a similar thing at a coffee shop just grinding it out um and it wasn't that fun. It was kind of like a nostalgic thing. I'm not, if people want to drink, you know, Stein's cheered, uh, have fun. But at some level, like there's higher levels and not to make it better or something like that. It's not a competition, but there's like, it's vibrational things. I think you understand what I'm saying. It's like alcohol, McDonald's, that's pretty low vibration shit. Like yep. uh, LSD, you know, ayahuasca, it seems like those are higher level things. Yeah. If I may, um, I, I mean, I agree. Of course, um, I had the lucky whatever you chose not to be an alcoholic Raphael. Good yeah <laughs> in, a, in, in a sense and and then you know after puking three times from really trying just to see if alcohol gets me anywhere i was like oh there's this other thing you know like this herb stuff you know let's see what that does and you know from that moment on and there's other you know like simple even very somewhat legal stuff like kratom and so on depending on where you are which uh, to me you know can in a sense you can't really compare it uh, but no. <laughs> it can give you it can give you different effects that can also you know give you a relaxing even external stimulant and so on which can be nice yeah but simply isn't you know deteriorating your liver in the same extent if you don't overuse it of course and just so i don't forget the point since we talk about type 1 uh, diabetes and ayurveda um, are you familiar with um, this would be the one book if any that i would recommend everyone to read who's interested in a holistic health perspective and this book is called of course, I don't know the name now, but it's written by Dr. Gabriel Cousins. And the book is called either The Rainbow Diet, but there is like one particular tome. I'll look it up in a second. Um, and there he's describing basically a complete rundown, not only of a raw vegan diet and how it can be you know, adopted and why it's beneficial, but also goes through all the different elements, even chemically, and describes them in almost like a, you know, psychological astrological attribution sense or metaphysical you know uh, new medicine type correlation and the main thing he did or one of the main things he ran tree of life which is like a retreat resource center and also made a documentary quite a few years back called uh, simply raw uh, reversing diabetes in 30 days and basically what you can see there is the journey of pretty random people that just get placed there in the wilderness at this resource center. So, you know, heavy stress reduction, right? They get this perfect raw vegan diet from the raw vegan chef. And basically, those who didn't quit were able to forego all their medication they took and also basically managed to completely get off insulin, 
which I guess you're not using anyhow. This would be another thing I'm curious about how you're dealing with this. And if you're familiar with that, and well, yeah. in the end, it would yeah. point towards the same thing you said, just to reconfirm, which is detoxification, because that's what all the raw vegan diet, you know, is doing and increasing electric, you know, capacity. Thank you. <laughs> I think I, I think I saw um, Gabriel Cousins. Um, the name sounds familiar. I think he might have been on on one of the Alpha Vedic podcasts um, talking about the Essenes, maybe. Um, but no, I'm not familiar. Um, not familiar yes. with that. It's, it's actually it's actually interesting. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I live uh, so so um, I live on a 22 acre homestead, and um, the the way eating change that I made that was just uh, that was that was um, that was incredible was um, I I basically like a nose to tail carnivore diet um for for some time um you know really high really high quality grass-fed meats um you know um liver organs fixing deficiencies and you know not and in, in, ingesting you know the the feedlot poison you know the feedlot poisonous meat so um that that made a drastic a drastic improvement um and i mean i'm not i'm not married to a, we so we um my my freeman moved in here last year and um she uh i, I wasn't really gonna I really didn't have the knowledge, or I guess that really the the desire at the at that point, because I was in some, I was I was focusing on the animals more so than the than you know the permaculture farm and and, and our gardens. But she moved here, and we've got um, so we we had, we started getting squash last year. So I'm work I'm working you know um, working stuff back in, um, but uh, but really, um, yeah, I it's uh, um, yeah I, I I'm definitely curious. I'm definitely curious. Um, that's that's so, interesting. Interesting. Just angle. To- I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm open open to anything. Yeah. Yes, just to pull up the reference, so it's called uh, Simply Raw, Reversing Diabetes mm-hmm. in 30 Days, a documentary, and the book, I looked it up now, is called, of course, Spiritual Nutrition. You know, how simple could it be? And to me, just to very briefly explain, I had about two-year journey of, you know, switching diets, trying different things, um, you know, even dying, uh, trying fruitarian for a day, which was too much mm-hmm. sugar for me or whatever. <laughs> um, and then I found this book and I was like, oh, great. I tried to look for guys for two years. The first one I had found was some kind of naturopath because I was I was saying, okay, whom to even trust, you know? How would I know if everyone says something different? How would I know if what you're claiming is actually accurate? And at least this guy was over 90 years and he was eating, I think, a vegetarian diet with eggs, but, you know, much, lots of plants, food and so on. And I was like, okay, at least you got mm-hmm. to over 90. You must be doing something, right? And then also there is this great book called that doctors don't lie um which is i forgot by whom but it's basically about minerals and i believe it also includes this experiment with i think a chicken heart cell in a cell in a cell culture and uh, the culture is replaced every day and basically the cell lived forever until someone forgot to replace it so again coming back to the idea of you know germ theory is a scam and infection it's all about the milieu the Mm -hmm. terrain and if that is proper just like for your human body you know the air the frequency the Mm -hmm. even media thoughts you know um food uh touch so on is appropriate then the body will thrive with within that environment you know um so yeah, definitely recommend it to check it out and let me know what happens on your journey because in my my very simple mind and I don't have it myself so it's easy for me to say but it would be that this is perfectly curable exactly by the journey actually you already, you know, are on. So yeah. I was going to say they don't feel I mean I'm a vegan I never proselytize. I saw a pita video I mean I was a vegetarian for a long time. This stuff makes more sense spiritually for me but I don't think less of people who are like Jordan Peterson or yourself heavy carnivores. Go. I think in some weird way, um, it's a lot like the astrology thing in a sense. It's like, 
we need training wheels until we know how to ride our own bike. And in some way we've asked to forget how to ride a bike. So we're relearning it. So it's this kind of weird balancing act between um, looking for authorities outside of yourself to trust, which is valid and part of learning and nature. You're not just in a white room with no stimuli. I mean, we're learning through a culture, which is our Petri dish. We're learning through language, which neurologically structures our perception and the filtering there, you know, diets of certain countries um, are, very old, you know, people in uh, Eastern Asia or whatever are rice heavy, whereas people in maybe, you know, America now are more wheat heavy or whatever. So um, I guess the mm-hmm. reason I'm saying all this kind of rambling um, is people need to both uh, follow their intuition. I mean, you can ask, there's no reason not to ask people for advice, but never run to one thing as like the solution. And so, this is where it gets tricky because people have different blood types, different metabolism rates. I don't think it's a one size fits all. In some ways, some people might get very anemic being vegan. I've wondered um, if I should be eating, you know, fish or something at times. I, I think I'm doing okay, but uh, I guess what I'm getting at is um, it's kind of like I don't know a playground. You need to try and see what your your, your skill set or your skill set. It, it's like what are you naturally going to be oriented towards? And it's all about making birth, the experience yourself. You know, just basically trying yeah. out things and then really sensing your energy level. Especially once you have some body intuition and feeling, then you at least that's what I did. You try out different ways and you just realize what resonates most. And then what I'm doing, I'm not strictly raw vegan at mm-hmm. all. But I basically know, you know, how much or how much rather not to eat, what to rather eat, what to rather avoid, you know, you somehow stick to that lots of pure, clean, you know, uh, water and, uh, you know, <laughs> that's it. We don't have to dwell on this now or give, you know, any you know great recommendations, but it's a journey for sure. Things like like Rafa, I did fruitarianism or whatever for like a week or two when I worked at a YMCA, when I first moved to Colorado, I was working at this YMCA uh uh, vacation center basically. And, um, so there's all I could eat bananas, all I could eat kiwi, all, you know, so I was like, shit, I might as well try it. Um, I'm kind of, what we haven't said is like committing to something. It's funny because in, in our culture, we're so easily distracted and pretty self oriented. So if it doesn't, we'll be like, Oh, I don't vibe with that. It's like, some things take a hot minute to get, I mean, if Luke Skywalker had been like, I don't like Yoda's training, That's also true, here, yeah. uh, commitment really matters. So there's this kind of middle path between like, libertarian kind of anarchistic free will like yeah. i dig it to do what i really want versus like hey these people have been doing this for thousands of years and it seems to work so that you see what i'm saying it's like play with and, the models that work and then find your way within those models if you use them at all and also and i'm not doing this to teach you in particular just to mention it because it's relevant to anyone who hasn't consciously done this yet is i us. really think <laughs> it also yeah yeah i think it also just takes some time for the body to adopt you know because it is a milieu it has different bacteria yeah. all kinds of things these changes take some time and then one gets accustomed mm-hmm. to a different energy level because for example and again if you want to switch topic we can just move on but it's kind of interesting um what i certainly noticed is there is a great difference in the emotional feeling actually and just the example of eating a lot less you have a lot less substance in your body I don't want to say other people don't call it substance mm-hmm. you know but it it is the true to call it less. to call yeah. it that which means at least in my mind then <laughs> my mind this one mind there is more capacity and bandwidth i like that term which you mentioned you know by making these changes and then you just realize okay how much bandwidth do i really want there may even be a limitation on that that you know you don't want to go too far ahead sometimes as well there's even spiritual concepts about this and then also mm-hmm. what type of frequency or coloration do i want and this is something one can also tune oneself to somewhat by for example diet 
also media diet and so on, but of course also, you know, nutrition. Um, yeah. I'll so, say this, so much about that. Up. but you were just saying, um, com uh, we were talking about commitment. The only reason I became vegan, really two reasons. I saw a PETA video on LSD and I was like, holy shit, like the way that, like, so the way you're doing your meat on this homestead, which I want to kind of talk to you about, um, fascinating. You're doing the thing, shit. Mm -hmm. um, that seems to have a better karma or energy about it versus, you know, things in squalor and freaking out and like never seeing the light of day or whatever. So one, that was one factor for my veganism conversion. Mm -hmm. The other one was actually pot withdrawal. Like I would, you know, I'd be a, like, I get it, dude. I'd be like, if I'm not smoking, I'm not happy kind of mode. Um, and then at some point I just like stopped for whatever reason I ran out of money or I decided to oh, enough is enough. And because I was going with, through withdrawal, this has happened a few times. I just didn't eat for like a week. My hypothalamus was all shot and, you know, it's like my sleeping and eating is all messed up. I, I don't know how right. converting to veganism or vegetarianism from a, like a normal lifestyle would be. It feels like I, I had the carpet pulled out from underneath me and then I was like, oh, I find myself here now and that's okay. Um, so anyway, all that being said, I'm not trying to proselytize any diet. I, it seems like you're being conscious. That's the whole point. Be conscious of what you do. Um, if you're going to go to McDonald's, no way. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, <laughs> it's true. And, and, and I think, um, like I, and I don't have like dogmatic, like I, I'm all about results and I'm all about, um, and I'm all about, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm always taking in information and, and, you know, reanalyzing my conclusions, but, um, and, and, and then my actions based off those but um like it's totally possible like i i the the reason that i, I chose the the carnivore diet way was i i was in acapulco um and a uh, um, couple couple of my a uh, couple of my friends john lily um they were they started a carnivore diet and she had chronic she had chronic you know um you know chronic sickness issues and uh-oh we may have yes lost and we got energy to work out which he didn't have before from you know the dietary change you're good mm -hmm. we just cut out for a long long time and it froze and i think we so you were talking about uh, i don't think it was john lily the acid yeah, dolphin researcher but uh john and lily possibly the people in acapulco um were doing a carnivore thing and they were getting healed start there that's mm -hmm. pretty much where we lost the feed yeah Okay. Yeah. So that they were doing the the, the carnivore diet. Um, she had chron she had you know some chronic health issues she was dealing with, and they were she she you know felt a hundred times better. Um, you know eating eating only meat, and it was Mexico, so it wasn't it wasn't like terrible meat like you'll find in the grocery stores here, generally speaking. Um, so like I, I saw um, and he he trans transformed not with no no working out, but he got ripped, and I was like, well well shit like. Um, well, I didn't, I didn't, op, I, I didn't immediately in it, but I got back here to the homestead and, and, um, and so it was, it was that, that, that was what I was familiar with. That's the last one I saw. If I saw a transformation on a vegetarian diet, maybe that would have been the route that I went. And then there was also, um, just, uh, um, and then, uh, oh my gosh, I don't know. I guess the, the other, the other factor, um, yeah, I guess I remember the the, the other lost my train of thought, but um, oh, actually no no no. Okay. So so I, so I I I don't even think it was necessarily the the nose to tail uh, or like the carnivore diet per se. I think it was just the fact that like I felt like I'd, I I mean I'd been um, you know programmed to like the the self pity and and uh, you know not being not being you know able to do things, not having you know trust in myself the people to do things. So when I made that lifestyle change, regardless of what it was, it could have been anything at all, but just making a change and sticking to, like making a change and sticking to it for any length of time. Um, and then, you know, seeing a benefit, seeing, you know, seeing a, a drastic result from it. So like, that was like the, the catalyst for a lot of the stuff that, um, you know, that I'm doing now, like being able to maintain like, a, um, I mean, it's been, it's been like 
I guess at this point, like three or three or four years of like a steady, like focus of like every day, like consciously seeking out like solutions, um, you know, um, you know, to, you know, to help myself, you know, grow, you know, spiritually and, um, you know, health wise and, and also like, so, so that's, that, that was a major thing too. It could have been, I think it could have been anything. It was just like the, the factors that, that's, that set you know, the factors, you know, transpired, um, in my path per se. I'm just so looking at been, tropical chart. Um, but, but I, I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, your North sure. node is conjunct your moon, basically five degree orb, um, and Pluto and Uranus. I mean, not, not Pluto, Uranus and uh, Neptune. You have, um, a lot of energy in Capricorn, fifth house so leo you're here to be a leader dude you're you're a pioneer i mean never doubt it like you i like that you're humble and it's good that you've been humbled and that's a what makes a great leader in a lot of ways i mean you know nobody wants a joffrey leading them it's like fuck you you don't even know what you're talking about man but like jamie lannister he knows he's got a different kind of path i'm not saying that's exactly your path but um just looking at this it's like dude <laughs> you're here to you're here to be authentic and that was a big thing for you, but like you're here to really change the world from your heart. That's your, and what emotionally vibrates with you. It does not matter in a level if it's coming from a mother or the ground in some weird way for you, you'll, you'll figure out what you need to do. Um, but just looking at your chart, it's like this, I mean, tell us how you got into homesteading. I mean, that's a big deal. 22 acres is not like nothing. Yeah. So, um, basically I, I, I left, Ac I, um, was coming back from Acapulco, um, for, for the holidays, I guess it would have been tw uh, 2018 for, for Christmas. And I was going to go back. Um, but, uh, so I came back, I came back, uh, um, I went back and stayed with my parents in the wind for a little while. And then I went back to, I flew back to Texas where I was tent camping for a little while. Um, Austin, Texas, North of Austin. And, uh, I, uh, was doing it for a few weeks. I was actually going to get out to go. I actually had a temporary you know, job at a ski resort lined up in Colorado, um, I was going to go work out there cause I wanted to, like, I, I knew, like I knew Which cannabis resort? was, it was like some part in my path. I was, so I was like, I'm going to go to a place where it's legal and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try that. Like, I feel like there's a, there's a, I feel like there's, um, you know, assistance there for, for what I, for what I, for what I need. Um, I'm going to Colorado. It, was, it wasn't really, it was not, it was a federal ski resort. So like the, it's still legal there regardless. So I was like, well, that's kind of yeah. pointless. Like I, so I, I, it wasn't really like, I don't know. I wasn't really that set on it, but I had it lined up. Um, and, uh, I, I did the tent camping for a couple of few weeks in, in Austin and I eventually was, I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to, um, gonna go back to, to, to Southern Illinois. Um, so yeah, my, my parents have, or my dad bought land out here, um, um, pretty much pretty, pretty close to where I am, um, back in the mid eighties. And, uh, this property came up for sale five or six years ago and, um, they, they got it. Um, uh, because if, if they didn't, if, if they didn't purchase it and someone would have come in, um, you know, a foreigner would have come in and, and bought. So like, for example, um, you've heard of Warren Buffett, obviously, well, Howard Buffett, his son owns land, uh, you know, like 45 minutes, he, he owned like half, half hour down the road. He's got, he's got a farm. He's also the sheriff of a town an hour North too. But, um, regardless, it would have been someone like him to come up and bought the property. And plus they thought that I might want to, that I might want to move out here at some point. So I, I got back from Austin and, uh, um, you know, lived here for, for about a year and, uh, didn't really do, I tried chickens a couple of times, but it's, it's pretty vicious out here. They, they all got, I mean, I tried to do the free range thing, but, um, they, they flew away. That didn't work. Um, and, uh, then the, the second try, um, I had them, you know, I had a, a run out there, like a, a run out, um, for them to go out into in a big ass, uh, big ass chicken coop that was already here on the property. Um, but, uh, they, they still, they still got killed. It was crazy. So now I've got the birds right up here. The bird shanty is right outside the front, front window here. But, uh, um, but yeah, I tried 
fried chickens a couple times and then 2020 happened and you know I was, I was eating mostly meat and i was succumbing to the fear mongering um and uh you know like the meat shortages and i was like oh my gosh so like the first thing i did was i went i got a couple goats and a couple lambs um yeah. so uh that was that like that was the start um essentially was um i i kind of you know reacted and it was a good reaction i'm happy i did it um but uh so yeah, i got i got some goats and lambs initially and uh um then yeah birds uh i think i did birds that year but anyway um that was uh yeah that was the start of it um essentially and then um, not much longer um after that i decided i was going to have an event here at the property to try to get some um a big part of my path which i, I guess i really did mention was freedom festivals um there's sure. a, a festival called uh, midwest peace liberty fest in michigan i've been going to since 2015 every single year um and there's a bunch of other ones too there's uh Anarchon in Virginia, there's Pork Fest um, in uh, New Hampshire. There's, um, they're all over the place. There's a lot of them each year, but I, I would go to those quite, um, you know, quite a bit. And I built up this network of, you know, like quite a few people um, that's, you know, like I know and trust and, and, you know, built up, you know, relationships with. I decided I was going to try to have an event here on the property called Bonnie Fest. And, uh, um, you know, I, I, you know, organized it entirely privately. It was, everyone had to be vetted. It was a private event, but I ended up getting like 30 people out here the first year. What's up? And the other thing that kind of developed that, that developed alongside that is I, I scheduled the event and I came across and, and uh, you know the old libertarian um, you know text that I was looking into a couple years ago. There's this guy named Erwin Strauss, <clears throat> excuse me, who uh, wrote a book called How to Start Your Own Country, and uh, he uh, one of the uh, one of the solutions in there is start a model country, and it's kind of a joke. Um, and this relates to I wanted like uh, I was listening to the first po- your guys' first podcast where you were talking a lot, Jim, and you mentioned like humor being a major tool. Um, well, he one of his um, one of his uh, thing like this. So the model country is like it's, it's it's like a model train set. It's got all the trappings, but it's just in miniature. So like you can issue passports, you can you know mint stamps, you can you know have coins, you can do um, like you you can you can make it as like like as legit or as like <laughs> jokingly as you want to. Um, so, so I, so I, I was like, well, you know, I'm like, I'm going to declare, like, I don't want to be a part of the USSA anymore. Um, I'm just going to declare my, my homestead to be an independent country. So, um, it's a free Republic of Pasnia. And the only, the thing that's unique about it though, is the, the idea is that it's the first free country in existence right now, but it's geographically independent. So, um, this is Veritas Pasnia. This is, we're an hour and a half Northeast of St. Louis. And we've got, uh, there's Roots Pasnia that's in New York. Um, there's a Pasnia in Michigan. Um, there's some folks over in Europe, uh, I think Germany somewhere, that that's, uh, I, I saw them posting about it in, the for- in, a, in a forum somewhere. I'll link back on the site. Um, and then um, there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's some, there's, they're popping up. Um, I think there's one, uh, one in uh, uh, like a suburb northwest Denver too. I don't remember what town, what, uh, what, what uh, suburb it is, but um, they, um, you know, have a lot of, you know, freedom, freedom gatherings. And I think they had like a, uh, <clears throat> Was it like a breathing ceremony there a couple months ago? But uh, it's uh, there's 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 a lot of them popping up. So that so yeah, that's the idea is the Free Republic of Pasnia. It's the first free country, and uh, Pasnia, um, the name is uh, so P A Z is uh, is the acronym for Permanent Autonomous Zones. So these are areas mm. where we can be free, where we can um, you know express our autonomy. Um, they're coercion free zones. It's another way to put it. That's why it's vetted for anyone to come here to Veritas. Um, they've had to already force for the use of coercion. And you can kind of see in the in the picture in the video behind me. There's the Constitution on the on the glass. The first event at uh, Bonnie Fest one, he had a, what a, what I called a rebirth of uh, freedom ceremony, and uh, it was you know it was it's kind of a sigil magic is the way I look the way that I look at it. Yeah. We have a steel and everything, 
Um, we're trying to cancel uh, cancel a lot of this shit. Um, didn't, I didn't plan that, but I look back on it now and it's like, that was sigil magic. Um, in, a, in, a, in a sense, at least. Um, so we did a, a constitutional signing. I did a speech, um, the entire video on Odyssey. Um, and, That's uh, what I was going to say earlier um, about your chart. So, it's like you're a founding father type energy. I mean, I'm not to blow your head over <laughs> it. It's like, bro, like you could be a George Washington and no one's going to say no. You just got to keep it in check. You know, like he retired his presidency at one point. If you've seen Hamilton or whatever, you get the idea. Um, it, it, great power comes great responsibility. And in a weird way, you're faking it till you make it. It's not. I mean, in the Bible, I don't know if you're into Christian kind of thinking at all, because I know Bill Cooper essentially kind of was. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you can be trusted with very small things, you can do bright, great things. If you can't do shit with little things, like you don't get the big things. Like it's just, it doesn't work that way. And mm-hmm. rightly so. I think the universe should not give Joffrey kingdoms or whatever. I always allude to culture. Sorry. People haven't seen Game of Thrones. It's okay. But, uh, anyway, um, no, this is dope. So Pasnia is for a, a personal autonomous zone. Is that what you're saying? Per- per- Permanent autonomous. Permanent. Um, yep, they're they're permanent. Or there's there's also there's also temporary autonomous zones too. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's the that's that's the idea. I mean, it's uh, first free country, but like the the legitimate idea, um, behind the humor behind the culture jam is is what I call it. Because um, like because I'm I'm the second round coordinator. I'm also like uh, I make up a bunch of other titles too. Like I'm the lead sheep herder. I'm uh, the lead astronaut that has any secret space program. Yes. Um, I, I'm the, I'm a goldsmith at the Pasnia Bitcoin mines. Um, so like we make up our, like we just make up titles and it's, it's all big, That's it's all, all big jokes, anyway. but underneath it all, yeah. um, underneath it all, like it's the, the, the idea is like a, like a, it's called a second round network or a parallel, you know, network. So we want to be able to provide all around food, self-sufficient homesteads like this around. Um, so, uh, so yeah, food, um, we've got a passing department of health and wellness. So we've got a rife machine incoming, um, here soon. We've got, uh, one of George Wiseman's aqua cure machines, uh, coming in in a couple months. So like Whoa, we're, we're, we're looking into like, I mean, everything, what, what, what do you need from the, what need from the servile society? Well, we're going to duplicate that, um, on a foundation of peace and, and voluntarism and truth, not, um, you know, nonsense that you find in the servile society, I call it. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're, we're rebuilding, we're rebuilding it from the ground up, we're rebuilding from the ground up and the other aspect of it. So I mentioned it's, it's vetted security culture is, um, a big part of it because, um, you've got to keep coercers out. If you, if coercers come in, they cause problems and they can call people who can cause more problems. So, um, you know, you got to coercion, you've got to be, you've got to be vetted. Yeah. So okay. So first of all, I have a constant. I, like, everywhere I go with my electric guitar, I've been to you know Ecuador and Australia. I'm about to go to Costa Rica. I'm a guitarist. I don't know if you knew that, but anyway, I have a constitution in my guitar case because I'm like, if shit really hits the fan, this is not a bad blueprint. It really isn't a bad blueprint. It's just it's been co-opted by corporations and special interests and all sorts of crazy stuff. So, um, but it is what it is. And somewhere we have to pull back and just be like, this is the gestation of a large animal, and it's it can be weird, and maybe it has birth defects, but at least. You know, it's happening, I guess. Um, a couple questions, and Raphael might have a few, but, uh, and yeah, Chief Up, cheers to that. I can't smoke. I, I can't smoke. I don't smoke anymore, but uh, all more power to you. Um, what, how would I put this? What are some, um, how do you interact with like legal entities? Do they just think it's like a Boy Scout camp and you're doing your own thing? Or are they like, oh, this is a real thing we have to respect? Mm-hmm. Like, how does that work? So essentially, um, like I mentioned, you know, security privacy, like I'm not going to write to the F United Nations and try to get like 
recognition. Um, that's not going to happen. Like, I, I don't want them to know that we exist. But um, to I, I, so so basically, like the first question that comes up is, well, like, um, you know, like what's the like the pro the property situation? Well, so in second in second realm strategy, um, there's something called the proxy merchant. They're individuals who uh, handle interactions with um, with the coercers. So um, the land is is not in my name. Um, the my mailing address is half hour away from here at my my not real day job is what I call it. Um, so like my name is not associated with this address, um, legally speaking at all. So like, um, so that's, that's, that's kind of the, uh, so they, they don't know we exist. I mean, we, we, like we have passports, um, that we, that's, you know, we, uh, you know, we, um, you know, make their, they're kind of jokes, but they look really, really good. Um, they look really authentic. So like, uh, one of some, someone actually used it to purchase beer at a gas station. We haven't, uh, I don't think anyone's tried to use it across the border yet, but, um, Might be a little I mean, they look legitimate and, and I've got, um, it's, it's interesting too, though. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not closing off any possibilities because I, I mentioned, you know, Acapulco. Well, one of my, um, I mean, my, one of my buddies there has a connection, um, um, has connections with like, uh, you know, like, like, I guess their lawyer has connections with like immigration there. So like, it's not outside, it's not impossible. I'm not saying it's likely, um, it's unlikely, but it is possible like that we could get like passing a passport, like make it like legally accepted, like at the Mexican border. Order, which would, which would lend quite a bit of credibility, um, and would be an interesting. I don't know. It'd, be, it'd create interesting possibilities. But um, anyway, as far as the legal situation, there's not really there's not really an interaction. It's just kind of, um, yeah. They don't. I don't think they know we exist yet. And that's and that's good. But I'm not like uh, I'm not closing off possibilities per se. I think I've heard about like the Republic of the Conch or something like that. Some people down in Florida at one point kind of did this thing where they're like, "Yo, we're seceding," mm -hmm. and it turned into like. I don't even think they did it for very long because they're like, we don't want like an embargo or military coming in and trying to impose shit. That's why I was kind of wondering like how you're dealing. It seems almost a, um, how would I put mm -hmm. it? There's a, uh, there, uh, what is it called? Oh, but they're like the tenant of, it's not a faith, but it's like, um, it's not absurd. And it, uh, it's like Bob and the guy with the pipe smoking it. Um, is this, what is this called? I forgot now. It's like a thought experiment from like the seventies and eighties where it's like very, like almost absurdist stuff. And it sounds like you're coming from that angle a little more, almost like this is a joke, but it could work. Um, kind of thing more. Which I'm not, no, it's, 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 at all. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's the joke and it's, and it's serious. It's a joke and it's serious. So like, um, like the decent, like, so the, the, the parallel network is a decentralized parallel network. So that, that's the, the other aspect too, is, I mean, this thing is, is worldwide. Um, so like, mm -hmm. um, you know, like, just like you can't, you have to shut down every single Bitcoin node or every single laptop that's connected to the network to, to stop the network. You would have to, like, it's a de if it's a decentralized network of second realms, then, um, I mean, that falls under, you know, numerous, numerous different jurisdictions. Um, like, uh, um, I guess that, that's, that's another angle too, is, um, you know that's that that's that idea is it's it's decentralized and um, another another element of it too obviously if if we're gonna have uh, you know this decentralized um, network then uh, and we we want to have our own infrastructure and such well there's the Department of Transportation too and I mentioned Vanu well I've, there's a lot of van nomads now um, and they do a lot of traveling there's some that 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 you know do deliveries for jobs so eventually I mean it's not there yet we don't have the numbers at this point but um, event like we're, we're hoping to have our own like the you know like delivery and logistics network too so like this is it's a real thing under a joke. like if you look at the yeah. if, you, if you look at the website it looks like a joke um, and that's I guess that's kind of the purpose of it too like even people who are interested like they've got to look a little deeper they've got to spend time 
Um, so, so like understand that it's it's kind of a legitimate thing. So well, and, kind of reminds yeah. me a little. Oh, go ahead, Rafael. Just um, another angle on this. So first, I like the idea of proxy merchant. <laughs> um, and in practicality, so what is possible, at least in Austria, I'm not sure if there is any similar suitable form in the US. In Austria, you can actually form something that's called associations. So I guess over there, you would call it 501c3s or something. But the special thing in Austria is that because of the legality, and this is even different than Germany, it's basically on the same level as other, let's say, quite fundamental layers of the law fair structure. So these vehicles can even be used in a way um, to, you know, still have a recognition or a shell or a interface point with the structure, but actually create a lot of what you're talking about, freedom mm -hmm. and autonomy within the structure and allow those to interconnect with each other. Uh, and what's certainly true is that the idea you are having, many are, and that's why many, I guess, have joined in one way or another, and many, many more have in still yet independent and not yet informed of each other projects, but this interconnectivity will only increase also by this conversation. Mm -hmm. And um, it is quite obvious to me that I even want to say in some senses, you know, we have the numbers and even like you said in the beginning, which is quite a spiritual perspective, you know, we've already won. It's just a matter of realizing it in a sense. I very much agree. And this can be now, you know, the most joyous and amazing time when we actually maybe for the first time in a much too long time, certainly, could have a, let's say, coercion-free society, you know, let's just start there. <laughs> yeah, so so I guess another couple of things that come to mind. Um, so we have like, it's uh, so it's basically like a cooperative too. So we have what we call stakeholders, S-T-A-K, holder. Um, so people can, um, they, you know, there's, you know, the website, people can be, look at what it, what, what it takes to become, or look at what perks there are becoming a stakeholders, is the way I want to put it. And uh, um, so that's one that's one thing too. Like we'll we'll, we'll at some point sell raw milk. We we sell raw eggs, um, and the way that we get around like you know, like the um, selling like you have to be licensed to sell raw dairy. Um, but the way that we go around that is we don't serve the general public. We don't want to. I don't want like the reason why I'm I'm out here is because I don't want to associate with the general public. So um, we don't deal with the public, and therefore we can we can sell to people within our cooperative. And the other the other angle. Sense private membership um, organizations. Um, like apparently they, they were a thing around prohibition where um, if you were a public bar, you couldn't sell, you couldn't sell liquor, but if you were a private organization, then they could sell you, they could, they could sell you, they could sell you beer. So that's, um, it seems to be, yeah, it seems to be a legitimate thing. I haven't gone that far with it. Um, yes, yeah. that's in a sense the way to go and also important to recognize uh, even because in my ideal world, we don't need any of these papers. We won't even need Bitcoin or anything, you know, but these are all, you know, tools and paths that can lead us to the creativity and also to the realization eventually of the inherent and de facto physical abundance if we don't you know mismanage everything deliberately and destroy uh, you know the great <laughs> resupply networks and resources that we have um and yeah and the, the thing to know in this or what is interesting on the conspiracy side is that these very structures you would call them you know for example trusts and then there would be you know different variants of associations as secret or not so secret societies but even legally speaking the control structure is using exactly those tools to oppress everyone 
but they just keep it for themselves, you know, so they can evade taxes, so they can say, oh, you know, close the taxation leak, because they already know that within their foundations and in their trickery, they can slide, you know, around it easily. But um, it very much seems like we're onto it, you know, and now with individuals like you and, you know, many others, people actually realize that there is no savior coming to do it for them. Um, but even, let's say, to the degree that any um, saving, any help, you know, will arrive is to the degree to which, you know, we help ourselves, you know, to kind of thump the Bible. But, you know, I think it makes sense, uh, very practically speaking. Libertarian kind of a pioneering energy is very American. I, people yeah. have done this for all time. It's like uh, the, the security mm -hmm. and the safety um, and the convenience, ultimately, of organized culture that's the whole point of, a, you know, it's like, hey, there's a guy, in, you know, there's a hermit in the woods who knows how to make tinctures. But basically, most people through generations have been socialized and bred into thinking that that's, you know, that kind of anarchistic kind of in, independence is is something. I mean, there's disadvantages in the terms of convenience. So it's like, of course, you know, if you stop using money or something like it gets a little tricky with bartering and all that. But at the end of the day, I think there's a um, an a need. I mean, Jordan Peterson speaks to this. He's like, what is he trying to basically sell responsibility for, you know, 50 plus years, we've been told by liberal kind of thinking, it's like, do whatever you want. And it's been very soft. And it's like, rights come with responsibilities. So it's like, it's one thing to have, you know, the right to own a gun, but it's like, it's not, I mean, I don't really own a gun or shoot guns, but it's like, it's another thing not to know how to like hit a target. And you could shout all day long about, oh, I have the right to shoot a gun. But it's like, unless you're using these rights responsibly, it's kind of just chatter or whatever static on the line so what you're doing even though you feel like it's kind of coming from a humorous kind of like uh whatever kind of parallel monty python energy or whatever not exactly it's authentic but it's like not like i don't know how i put it like um obviously culturally sanctioned or whatever um don't worry i, I would that. almost say sorry just maybe to reframe it it maybe just doesn't have the um assumed monopoly on authority as all the current versions of systems would have. Maybe that's the yeah. big difference, you know, because you're not going there and saying you have to respect this and that, but you can yeah, voluntarily and, and I don't, enjoy it. And see, I don't, I don't call myself, I, I, had to, I had to create a title. I wasn't calling myself. We'll wait for it, Raphael. Yeah. There he is. Oh, Say that okay. all again. You didn't have yes. a title, but you Sorry, called yourself was, something. Sorry, you cut out there for a second. Yeah. This is a hot potato. Can you hear me? NSA doesn't want the shit. Yeah, we could hear you. Just kind of coming in out for basically just parts. repeat the like, part about the title and all else I can say about the internet is just you know maybe it's because it's a cross border yeah, connection yeah. you know maybe that's why. So but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was just gonna say like that like the titles again like I, I'm the second realm coordinator is all I am like I don't I don't actually like no there's no like obviously it's a fake title anyway but like I wasn't gonna choose. Um, Choose a title of that, that other those other connotations or whatever. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, def definitely not, definitely not. But um, I mean, I you mentioned something something interesting uh, interesting there. Like that was that was another recognition too that it, it was a major weight off my you know off my back because you know I I I'd get I'd drink a lot of I'd, I'd drink a lot and then I'd watch like those Alex Jones documentaries back you know back in the day, and uh, you know. It, kind of seemed like it was like the end was coming and like there's to be a big fight and a big war and uh um and like it kind of seemed like uh you know like the the end was yeah the, the end was the end was close um but uh 
I mean, like the the spirit, like when you when you realize like reincarnation seems to be real, at least uh, you know from from what I've looked into, and like this isn't it. Um, and then you also look at things like uh, I came across. Um, this was another just a random stumbling, and I guess maybe it might be like you find what you're looking for. I guess in a sense, maybe this is one of those examples. But um, I came across this uh, um, this this text called "The Son of God: The Mystical Teachings of the Masters," and, and uh, it was by this guy. Um, uh, Climber is published in 1916, and it was uh, it's got it's real, really auspicious, which is probably what interested me to drew, drew me to it. But it's from the Temple of Illuminati um, for the Order of the Illuminati, so it's like a Rosicrucian document. And um, so I was like, what am I getting myself into? So I started looking through it, and it was like like I was reading a libertarian text, um, like they were were talking about it was i guess I, I don't remember this was a little while back i don't remember all the details for it but um it was uh people interested in checking it out it was uh bonniepodcast.com forward slash 94 um it's called ancient second realms and um they were talking they were going through like the history of um they talked about the essenes and that was the first time i'd ever heard about the essenes um but like just one one quick quote from it um, but yeah, the, again, the title is, the title episode is ancient second realms. And this is one quote from there quote, the solution, which the Essenes offered for economic and social harmony can be applied in every age, the present, as well as the past. It contained four factors. Uh, one separating from the chaotic conditions of the mass of mankind, which refuses to obey natural and cosmic law End quote. And that's all I have in the, in, in the, uh, in give it a second. Um, so like, this is like this might not like this it's not it might not even be something that can be like one per se right like it might be um like i don't know maybe in this school there's always going to be there's i mean and that's the bonnie perspective too is that there's always going to be coercers so, so i don't know if this is something that can necessarily be solved um or that can necessarily be one in that manner i think like, um you know individually and spiritually speaking and um i don't know um but uh you know yeah, more than you know, think, kinda, bro. Kind of rambling. You know more than you think. Right no, don't worry. Never fret. I ramble. We'll take the bullet for the team. Um, the idea is like love wins. What's not love? I mean, I'm a, I'm coming from a more Judeo-Christian thing. I call myself a Christian, though. At this point, that's kind of like very relative um, <laughs> compared to most people. And uh, it's like, what's not grace? Like the fact that we're on a planet in the Goldilocks zone, breathing oxygen and able to like communicate through language and comprehend each other in this vast ocean of craziness. Like it, it's a wild ride, kind of a Bill Hicksian, like, oh my gosh, a lot of ups and downs and thrills and chills. Like it's not uninteresting. Um, and there could be a whole lot of spectrum of what the polarity of like, you know, total zero interesting to like the most manic uh, novelty possible or whatever, right? Like, I mean, it seems like in a McKenna sense, we're going towards more and more novelty by the day, post-2012. But what you're kind of tapping into, I think, is, I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of thing. And, and, and just like in, um, you know, like a tree, it bifurcates and stuff. Part of the trees of liberty have gotten kind of ossified or, or need to be pruned back, or we need to just go back a few steps. It doesn't mean we have to go live in mud dob huts and not speak language or, you know, it's like extreme resetting is kind of like extreme resetting. But um, what you're doing, it sounds like is at least starting with the idea of like a living RPG almost where you're having fun with it and then seeing what's plausible and possible. Like I was saying, I'm not an expert of history by any means, but it's like, you know, wilderness men and things like that. Like pioneers have done this for a long time and we just haven't had, like at some point we stopped colonizing and pioneering in the ge geography of the world to a degree so that's when we kind of started being like, well, I want a, I want a refrigerator and I want a Beatles record and I want to go to the moon or, you know, whatever kind of the modern culture did, which is its own values and it's good for learning through. But I think it seems like you're a little, I mean, I'm 36, you're younger than me. You were born in the early 90s. Um, 
you're going to be you're on your Saturn return right about now. I think you're how are you 29? Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah, your yeah. Saturn this makes total sense. You're kick I mean because you have a Capricorn moon, I mean you're you're taking care of business and you don't I like that you're kind of nonchalant about it because that's probably the best it's like it, being in a band. If you go in there and you're like we have to write Stairway to Heaven part 2 or whatever. I used to have this kind of mental pressure of like my god, if you listen to early prog rock Genesis, like they had like 20 minute songs that were just mind numbingly awesome shit. And I was like, I can't even do anything. So starting kind of out of fun and just being, let's just fuck around and see what works. What doesn't, um, that's the spirit with, with which you're imbuing your, um, creation here. And, um, it sounds like you're doing a good thing. If I'm ever in the area, I'm going to come and kick it or whatever and be like, Hey, yeah, let's like pull out a tree or yeah. let's plant some food or whatever the fuck. Please do. Um, tell us a little about like you, you were saying the vetting process because i think that's smart uh, ironically enough um the psychic i've only been to psychics once really <laughs> and they were like oh you were an Essene in a past life or whatever so i don't know much about the Essenes, but uh the idea i think is more libertarian kind of thinking and that these kind of hermitage fringe thinking groups can work but it's hard to know how to interface with it that's when you read animal farmers thing it's like how you know the horse is doing all the work and all the everyone's afraid of the dogs the military dogs protecting the pigs but the pigs don't have, like that's why communism can't work really because it is unless you're like totally self-sovereign um because you need an interface point for representation militarily or other things so anyway i'm rambling but tell us a little about like what are some of the values you guys do espouse to if you're not going under a major ethos per se Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically the, the vet process is fairly simple. Like with keep it, keeping things simple and having fun. Um, so like so people have come in and been like, have you, have you thought about doing like a, a, you know, dispute resolution organization on it, like a decent, like on a DAO, like on a blockchain, it's like, no, we're just going to vet. Um, it's like, it's, it's less complicated. Um, I don't, yeah. If we, if we, if we got, if we got developers, we're going to need to work on the, on the website, the digital second realm. Um, but it, but anyway, um, yeah. So the vetting process is fairly simple. It's uh, um, so like I said, I've been going to these freedom festivals for like for, for seven years now, um, and uh, you know I'd I'd uh, you know built these relationships, and um, that's they're what I call like the the first the first ring in my circle of trust is these people who I would trust with I would trust my life right like I I would trust these people with my life. Um, so then from there, um, any of them can invite whoever they want to, um, but um, if anything were to go wrong. Um, they were the one that vouched for them um, and it would fall back on them. So basically like they, it's, so we have to know them personally and invite them or we have to um, find a, find a colleague in common that's um, that could vouch for the reputation. Um, and it's not hard to do that. The community is not really that big. Um, it's funny. Like the people like, as one example, someone hit, someone hit me up on the LUA. So my, the Libertarian type publication site, it wasn't even Bonnie or Pasnia. And uh, he, uh, he just, just the random, like, uh, you know, like the, the shop help, messenger app was on there at one point and uh, he was like hey my family's you know on an rv trip uh can we can we stop by <clears throat> i was like well um you know like it's it's outside like with our normal normal parameters but yeah go for it i'm gonna you know with his family come on out whatever we'll, we'll give it a shot and I ha he happened to like have been like a roommate with someone i used to do radio radio with who i'd been to freedom festivals with for like five years so like that that just happens like we all know each other anyway so like um, as far as getting vetted, like it's people like I, I've heard people like, well, that seems like a pain. It's like, no, it's really not that hard. It's just like, look, we got to make sure that um, like you're not just some random that's going to cause trouble is essentially, you know, the deal. And um, there's also too like the like uh, um, like like folk, like folks like you, um, Jim and, and Raphael, you guys would certainly be welcome out here. I've listened to you guys on podcast enough. I can tell you're authentic. I can um, I can tell you're good people. It's uh, um, it's what I would call like uh, like a lot of people would like when I when I 
um, when I, I can't recall an example, but like it, I kind of consider this realm like beyond anarchy, where um, like it's beyond, like it's 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 beyond just like uh, like the the anti-authoritarian and um, you know pro-freedom. It's like um, going all the way with liberation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, taking it to taking it to different realms. Um, so um, you asked about um, like some, I guess, some of the the values, and I'll just I'll um, pull up the page real quick. You got so a it's manifesto. The Constitution. Okay, Constitution. No, it's uh, it's it's the passing of Constitution. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's uh, so there's the Declaration of Independence, which I basically ripped off of the. Um, I used the original as the um, as the inspiration template. and just changed some stuff around. But um, the hey, founding principles. Um, yep, a template. <clears throat> it does. Um, so the founding principles of Pasnia are a constitution, um, a respect for and commitment to privacy. The use of pseudonyms is encouraged. Uh, don't hurt people and honor your contracts, which is just a base like, like libertarian or you know propertarian anarchism explained in like one word, one sentence. Don't hurt people and honor your contracts. Um, third, a culture that encourages humanity to flourish rather than degrade and regress, uh, and a recognition of important task ahead of us to ensure the continuation of freedom into the future. Another way. For for those seeking a way out. So like um, the contract is like, it's not like there's nothing like it's really basic, um, but that's, mm-hmm. that's all it is. Um, that's like, uh, that's the, the, the ethos bond Pasnia is, is, uh, is that, and I guess I'll mention in, in terms of the, um, so yeah, pseudonyms, um, that's another security culture thing. Um, basically um, <clears throat> the, I guess the, the crypt, the, the, I guess the crypto anarchist perspective on it is if there's no attribution, then there can be no, um, then there can be no, I don't know if I want to get into this even necessarily, but they're another way. They're another way to. Yeah, it's so so. So so basically, um, your given name like Shane is attributable to some things and Rayo is attributed to others. So it's basically creating multiple identities for different situations. Um, and um, yeah, so separating, you know, it's, it's uh, separating and straw man um, yes, is and, another way too. And maybe just to line it out in a certain way, because what comes to mind for me, and I don't even, maybe that's why I don't want to talk about internet it. I'm not sure. Because I'm, sure yeah, yeah, internet handles, of course. I mean, until recently, this was very popular, and nobody on the internet knows you're a dog, you know. I'm thinking of even, you know, clandestine operations or whatever, where for other security purposes this would be used. I just find it so interesting because just like with the vetting process, generally, a maybe also human response, maybe naive response, maybe conditioned response would be, oh, let's be open and invite everybody. But again, exactly this factor, and we can even compare it like with cells or whatever, they need to maintain a certain voltage and certain, you know, certain environments, yeah, also integrity, Mm -hmm. yeah, that there is again a controller group that uses this very much because if you're not vetted, you're not going to get tapped at Yale for skull and bones. Ha, 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 big joke, yeah. you know, yeah. all of those structures. <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of suggested, and I would oh, even nice. somehow vibe with that, invite everyone. But the issue is just like the Rosicrucians, which may be part of X-Share, at least for that document, properly state is there is some need for some semi-permeable barrier just because otherwise it gets diluted and you can't build that even if you wanted to ultimately liberate everyone. You need to maintain a certain density of energy within a system that you can actually reach that level. And there it's very important to have the Mm -hmm. proper type of, you know, discrimination, let me say distinction. Um, Yeah. So yeah, it's highly interesting. I think it's you funny know because these are the. And if we want to play devil's advocate for just a brief moment, I would because I don't run around just thinking everyone's like a satanic pedophile all the time. I mean, let's just be 
I think some people are really trying to be states people. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I think some people are just buy into the matrix so much that they're not really thinking for themselves. So they're, they're thinking more in terms of like material security or status or power or what you know these things. There's probably definitely evil, nefarious elements, and probably more than I'm even naively aware of. Clearly, but um, at the end of the day, it's funny because the the modalities through which governments currently and for the past let's say 200 years have been trying things it's like these are these are essentially valid attempts at trying to control reality and and govern it i mean this whole government right and i think at some point um it's tricky because how the model would kind of be like all right you're going to look to and there's nothing it's not right or wrong but there's going to be a stage in your gestation as a, as a soul where you're going to need, um, even Jesus, like before he was like, you know, 12 in the stories or whatever, it's like he went and listened to all the wise people in the temple and shit. He got like bearings basically. And then at some point he kind of went out and did his own thing. And we're just going to use the Christian story for a second because I'm better well equipped with that than the Buddha story particularly. But same idea with the Buddhism. Um, you know, you, you, you've got a group, a core group or whatever, and you have certain values. It's open access to a point, but at some level... Um, that's the whole Judas thing. It's like if you're open too much, uh, you could get really screwed over like Mufasa was by his brother. I mean, even blood doesn't discriminate against like pride, ego, va you know, vanity, evil, maliciousness, whatever. And to be naive that these things don't exist is like hard. So it's weird because mm -hmm. I guess we're in this weird gestational thing where we're not there yet, but we can do better. So it's almost like the training wheels are coming off and it's like, that's kind of how I've looked at the last like two or three years. It's like, do you want to be told by the media and the state what to do and think and feel and what to put in your body? Or are you going to try to do your own thing? And neither are wrong in a sense. They're both expressions of the one infinite consciousness playing around with itself or whatever Raphael might say it more elegantly. Um, but in some weird way, it seems like you're vibrating on a wave where people are like, look, we're not stupid. We're capable, which is something that we don't really talk about much in our culture these days, like just sovereignty and responsibility you and your circles have for a while, but me, no, I mean, I was just like, I mean, I've even been watching avatar, the last airbender, rewatching it and watching uh, legend of Korra right now. Um, and reading never ending story and doing all this weird culture shit with my uh, fiance, but, um, Aang's a vegan, but that, I mean, a vegetarian, but that doesn't mean everybody needs to be a vegetarian. I guess, God, this is a buckshot talk, but the whole point is, we're exactly where we need to be and certain nodes are going in certain directions and that's okay. And if, if you want, like, I mean, even in the matrix, Siler was like, man, I miss the, the um, padded, you know, cushioning of the system so much so that I'm going to revert to it. And I think a lot of us are kind of tired of that. We don't want to give up comfort and stability, but at the same time, we want to do it on our own terms and not being told by like a state or religion or whatever that this is the absolute only thing or else you'll get put up against the wall or else you go to hell all this kind of stuff so it's it's an interesting time i mean in a weird way it's kind of reflecting in another element when you were talking about um you know not like fluid identity and kind of non-culpability uh and even the fact that you're playing around with this stuff is reminding me a little but not exactly of like kind of these metaverse situations that are starting to pop up where people are wanting to escape but yours feels like a like a, a flesh and bone metaverse, if that makes sense. Like it's not just some digital thing people you know plug in and go sort our, our line on, uh, or you know RPG on. Um, you're doing it, so it's almost like Sim City or uh, Oregon Trail, but real. And that's what I'm saying. It's like not new, mm -hmm. new. It's just new to us. Like our like the for, mm -hmm. for the past thirty to fifty years, people haven't you know the guy who disappeared in the woods with the publications or whatever he was doing it. But generally speaking, this is pretty fringe stuff. Most people want the security and the, 
you know, the perks, I guess, of, of society. And there's, there's a price to be paid for all that. I mean, yeah, fast food is quick, but my God, it's not that healthy. And the, you know, the ethics around it aren't that great mm -hmm. or whatever. So, um, anyway, I'm kind of curious about, um, shit. What was one thing I was going to ask a question about? <laughs> it just popped in my head, but I totally spaced. Uh, well, Raphael, do you have any questions? I'm kind well, of, I, I, had, only, I had a thought. I only have one or two random buck shots from earlier, but they're really, they're really random. But this just came to me Feel recently, free. just because you mentioned Game of Thrones mm -hmm. a few times, and That's because good. I know you're into Exodus, uh, Rayo. So I had this realization two days ago or something. I was watching some like reloads or old stuff of Game of Thrones or new stuff. There will be some new stuff, and I was like, why people are so fascinated and it's so interesting? It's such a great, it's such a big universe. But then I was like, wow, this is actually the key in the hidden message, because if it is true, which in this case I can somewhat believe if I look at the guy, that George R. R. Martin actually drew all of this from his imagination, then I can most easily believe that, you know, some, I want to call them monks, but whatever, controller class, you know, can come up with a completely new history with some templates and copy and paste, if only one individual can come up with an entire universe. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's the reset discussion, but that's something that you know came to my mind recently. <laughs> and that's a rabbit hole I don't tend to go down. I mean, I'm a I'm a pussy these days, really, with a lot of the kind of conspiracy stuff because I'm like, it just brings down my vibes. I, I mean, I don't want to be bypassing, but at the same time, I'm like, hey, I can't just look at you know, Hillary eats babies documentaries or whatever stuff all day. Not that that's what you do, Rafael. But mm -hmm. um, in terms of uh, the reset, I'm sure, I'm wondering, Rayo, have you, do you have any perspectives or thoughts on that? That's how you know Exertus. So what's your kind of touch point with uh, resets and yeah, Tataria, that'd be interesting. Especially also in, in, you know, correlation with all the experiences and, you know, education in a sense you've undergone. <clears throat> so um, it's, it's interesting. I, um, I guess I, uh, um, the way that I entered that area, um, I think I heard Howdy McCoskey on, um, or actually, no, I was, it was through Matt from Quantum of Conscience mentioned Howdy McCoskey, and I came across his book, uh, Exposing Expositions. And uh, I'd, like, as I'd heard him talk about the World's Fairs, and I remember back in, it was like, uh, was I in elementary school or middle school? Um, we had a World's Fair. Um, like, it was, a, you know, a mock World's Fair there. So I was like, huh, I haven't thought about that in a little while. Um, but, uh, yeah, as far as uh, I, I really don't have any conclusions. Um, I have uh, I have Emmanuel Velikovsky's Worlds in Collision, which uh, he gets into, um, I guess, uh, uh, some of that stuff. And then I, I do plan on going through Fomenko. Um, but like I, I look at a lot of this stuff as like, I mean, it's just gonna be like life's research. Um, so like I, I'll, I'll have, I'll, you know, I might have, uh, you know, I might might get to cert, I might, uh, you know, get some clarity. But um, again, like uh, it's a. Uh, it's it's a massive topic and it's 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 more so it's more so um i guess entertainment but at the same time um, I, I do think yeah. it's critically important to know what to know where we you know like where um you know um you know like where where our origins are i think that's i think that's important and uh um you know you look at uh, like i the kind of the, the the way that i looked at it initially was like that was that wasn't that long ago like there's no way that could have there's no way it could have like you know, like could have just slipped through you know within you know, two or three generations but like i look at what ha what's gone what's transpired over the past couple of years and all the stuff that's been you know rewritten in a race it's like yeah in a hundred years it totally like totally yeah um and you look back at uh, you know the the prussian schooling system was you know that that came over um you know early 20th century 
um, like the, these mind control systems have been here for, for you know, I guess the, the, just the, the ones for the hundred years. Like um, there's a, yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally, uh, um, I mean, I, I really don't have any conclusions, but um, it's it's definitely interesting. And uh, Raphael's way um, more convicted of yeah, it. Yeah, and, like, and then you tie in things like like Michelle Gibson too. Um, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure if you've ever. She would be cool. Michelle she Gibson, would be super like, cool to I, get like, on. Yeah. Why, like I, I started, I started with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like her and Howdy are like just two like I mean like. I resonate with both of them, obviously, but they like it's they're they're very um, I mean, they're very well researched. Um, so like they like they have cre- like they have they had credibility for like for me from the start. Um, like they weren't just like some um, I, not not that I don't look into that stuff, too. It was like the, the rat, like the more the more out there stuff, the more out there perspectives. But um, it's a very it's a very reasoned approach to something that the first realm in the survival society would consider not reasonable at all. So um, I think they're yeah, they're they're very good points. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, again, it's the, the more I watch, the more that I read, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably the best starting point, quite frankly, the most humble, although we can know some things, some things, you know, there's like this whole diagram. It's like things you think, you know, things, you know, and you don't know, and the things you have no clue, you don't know about and all this kind of stuff. There's so many levels. I know my kind of gateway entry drug to kind of the idea of history isn't what I think, because I know Raphael and Exertus are way more gung-ho so to speak about these things to the point where you know Raphael's like go check out inside of a volcano or whatever to see if it's real kind of thing or i want you to clarify your own position on that Raphael. i don't want to speak for you but um what we've had people on here through exertus who are like the pyramids are made of styrofoam you know just crazy things i'm like what but for me um joe rogan would have graham hancock and i think he actually just yeah. had him on again but i haven't listened to it randall carlson who's a freemason uh, so it's you got to take it with a grain of salt, but um, he's the coolest Freemason I think I know. I, I mean, it's tricky, but uh, he he seems legit enough, a nice guy enough, whatever. And the whole Gobekli Tepe thing, where it's like this is way older than what we think. It was intentionally buried. It's happening around the uh, younger Dryas kind of period, quote unquote. All these kind of dynamics. To me, that mean I mean that's pretty much about as solid as into any resetting. It's not even a reset. It's just like oh, history in our society isn't what we think. We go back to like Babylon. Uh, Bill Cooper style, and that's maybe when there was like a black magic twist on things with money and power and weird stuff. Um, I'm rambling, but anyway, my yeah, my I, I the world's fair stuff is fascinating. Um, I haven't really done much research on this. I've always let Raphael not think for me, but it's like, hey, I've got like 40 things going on, so if that's your shtick, you jam on that instrument, bro. So, yeah, and I'll hear I mean, what it's, your it's totally something like. which was uh, extra capacity in a sense, but also you have to understand Vienna, it means a lot. the ring. Vienna, yeah. the ring is full of these buildings, you know, no one can show you proper construction photos. No one is still building like this. They always have these fable stories, even in Austria, I, I guess in over there, you call it the Gilded Age. And in Austria and Germany, you call it literally call it like the late 19th century, you literally call that period Gründerzeit, which means founders period. And I'm like, what the fuck? Who's founding what? You know, supposedly the monarchy just got dismantled mm-hmm. and then they built all these super nice buildings in five years. And if you look at old pictures of Vienna, even the walls, they look like a star fort. I'm very sorry. And I haven't also yet verified the links because the other issue David brought up, David Ewing Jr., with whom I've had a few very interesting discussions. You mentioning, I'm not sure if he ever said pyramids are made of styrofoam, but I mean, he, he basically, like that, like, well, he's just even showing in his books, he's just showing pictures, for example, of Ephesus, which is supposedly this very important like cult- cultural yeah. heritage site. 
an Ephesus in Turkey. It's like mm -hmm. somewhere yeah. there, and they have all these artifacts there. And he's basically just showing you an image hundred years prior, where now there's the great monument, and hundred years prior there was nothing there. You know, and it just makes sense that if I create a new society and a new matrix. I'm also creating a new history and just put some props somewhere. And they may even have some validity somehow and some connection. But how would you know, just like you said, if we see how much has been changed in just 10 years, how much can be changed in a longer time? But just as to my history, for eight years, I went to a, into a building which basically looks like an Atlantean temple with red pillars and, you know, like this, just the same way your courts look and so on. And even then just understanding all the... All these buildings got turned into insane asylums and states and banks. And a few rich people got the gilded mansions with the fireplaces that are super ornamental with $100,000 paintings. And sure, you're going to put your firewood in there or what. The thing is just, you know, there's too many discrepancies. And at least in my understanding of history, I don't know how you felt in school or whatever. There were many questions that were left unanswered to me, many links that weren't really connected. And you just get, yeah, three paragraphs about the Egyptians enjoy you know and i'm like <laughs> mm -hmm. you know there's there's an issue there if they put and and also in my case because they never talked about the building for example where we were for eight years they never explained what the fuck this building even is and why it looks so special and why it has to be built why a school has to look like that supposedly built in three years by you know one of the five freemasons or whatever that built all of those buildings according to wikipedia and then i'm like you know freemason freemasonry even just with the circumstantial evidence, you know, I'm sorry. So yeah, anyhow. So maybe just that explains why I'm so interested in this because well, I'm around yeah, no, these buildings touches, all the time. Your, yeah, so. it touches your reality more, I mean, more than mine. Uh, and I'm, I'm easily distracted. You're more committed to a thought form, Raphael. I appreciate that. I could be like, oh, that's an interesting thought. And just run off. Um, before uh, we kind of start winding down because I don't want to take up your whole day and I'm being told dinner is ready. Um, I'm curious uh, what... <laughs> Because we're gonna have to get you back on. I, I, if you want to talk with Exertus and us sometime and shoot the shit in a group thing, or just do your own thing again and just come on and talk. Uh, we've kind of broken the ice and gotten you in the jacuzzi, so to speak. So you're you're That'd definitely team rabbit hole, uh, dude. You're doing the shit. I'm kind of curious. Um, what are some of your plans, hopes, visions? What what are projects you're working on? I I want to definitely talk a little more about publication and how that looks because it seems like if enough like minds get together, you get a library of Alexandria type thing going. But um. Yeah, tell us kind of what the scope of your, you know, future projects, whatever. This is your kind of moment to spiel whatever you want to spiel. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, I'll just say, um, you know, I'll be like, we uh, we definitely prefer the physical, you know, the physical physical space and time. So, um, Jim, if you're ever, yeah, if you're ever in the area, please do come by. But we we do have uh, um, a few official events announced um, for this mm -hmm. year. And, and uh, if if I don't know you, if we've never, you know, communicate on digitally you know speaking to the audience here um we do have a, a pasnia um, committee of correspondent telegram chat and um you don't you, you don't have to have a digital connection you can just come in there and start talking and building your reputation and uh you know if i get a good feel about you i'll, I'll probably send you an invite so um it's uh basically we just 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 do basically a layer of uh you know, layer of getting to know them before we before we do that so our first event is actually march 31st april 4th um it's uh, our you know, our spring camping event. Um, the weather's starting to get nice here, so we're we're gonna um, get together for that. Um, then uh, yeah, uh, May twenty sixth to May thirtieth. Uh, it's uh, our volunteerism day weekend uh, uh, weekend gathering. Um, it's Memorial Day weekend um, is what the official holiday is in the Servile Society, but we call it volunteerism day. Volunteerism day. Um, so yeah, it's May twenty sixth to May thirtieth, and then Vonnie Fest three 
series, our biggest, um, our biggest main event of the year. Um, hoping to feature some second realm culture, have a musician, comedian. Um, you know, these are um, so you, you're talk, talking about culture. Well, um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the music and, and media out there um, is not uh, not for empowerment or education. It's it's for uh, you know, control and, and, you know, mind control and, and brainwashing and predictive programming and all those sorts of things. So um, in the second realm, we have our own culture, but it's focused upon um, focused upon empowerment and, uh, you know, freedom and things like that. Um, so um, hopefully going to have, uh, I'll, I'll mention, we, we're hoping to get Elias Clay out here last year. Um, she does, uh, I guess she's kind of like a rapper hip hop, but she's got incredible music. Um, really, really, um, I, very, I think you guys would definitely dig it, but we were hoping to get, get her out, out, out here last year. She didn't, she wasn't able to make it. Um, but something like that would be, would be incredible. So, yeah, that's, that's, uh, um, Bonnie Fest. Then also just, uh, self-liberational stuff. We'll probably do some more on the garden. We'll, uh, um, I don't know, I might put up some fencing, something. Um, and, uh, mushroom hunting, um, is always on, on the docket because, um, I got really into that last year. Um, towards the end of the season and uh they're everywhere they're they're everywhere so um paul stevens uh, has a really good yeah, documentary I, I, I just that recommend shows that. people people i mean i know it's servile mm-hmm. like netflix yeah, so people, culture people but... want to come out to be awesome <laughs> yeah dude you're crushing it i mean we got the strength card and the six of wands you're being a leader you're not done yet don't give up keep pushing that rock uphill with a smile i guess or you know sisyphean style but um here you've got strength you've got charisma and you're you just keep experimenting. Have fun. It sounds like you're doing a great thing. Anyway, we can help. Obviously, let us know. Um, and yeah, I'll look into this a little more. Uh, I'm about, to, like I said, to go to Costa Rica with a guy who's kind of doing the same stuff, but not exactly at all. <laughs> but like, it, it'd be good to get people linked up just notally who are, need to be aware of each other. Just so uh, inspiration and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, fraternity. I mean, at the end of the day, these crazy governments these crazy secret societies have a few tenants that we can use you know like i was just thinking the same thing it's so ridiculous i always wondered even in this life it was like will i have to found a secret society you know and it won't exactly be that and we won't have any of the crazy blood drinking rituals but to some extent you know it has some validity just like you're about to mention now it's, no, it's no, really no, funny you can't toss no. everything out. like he was saying, every everything it. i everything i do is a yeah, everything I do is just a mishmash of like is mishmash of a bunch of things. Like we did an episode for like the building the second realm series. Um, we did an episode looking at organized crime because, um, you know, like there's certain operational security things that would definitely translate over. So like, don't like don't you know like yeah, of course they violated person property and that's like terrible. Um, but then again, like you can you can learn from anybody, right? Right. Uh, you can that's... learn from anything. So um, yeah, and implement the um, it, and not even just implement like uh, you know the the Babylon likes to invert. Well, let's invert back. Yeah, rectify. There we go. Let's rectify the paradigm. That's really all it's mm-hmm. about. I mean, that's really what it's about. I think it's hit a tipping point. People like you know. I mean, people will make their choices, but basically, it's like, do you want to be on the Death Star or do you want to go join Ewoks? And it doesn't have to be in the trees, but like the vibes are very different. Uh, there's an imperial kind of like coercive power mania uh with the emperor and so if you're into star wars the whole senator palpatine kind of doing his whole thing versus people who are at least willing to say they don't know and they're following their heart luke skywalker at the very least is the fool card just trying to figure it out and i i think we're all just doing this fool card thing and even the six of wands was saying it's like the the rectified fool or whatever it was saying um i think guys we're doing it bit by bit uh we shall remember and we shall rebuild in a sense, it's not even about like anti-system. It's mm-hmm. about just doing your authentic thing so well that that's when people want to 
copy you. I mean, America was jamming so hard at one point. People said, let's do democracy. Why not? Uh, it hasn't gone that well because of centralized banks and all sorts of reasons. But um, we can we can rectify it. I really do believe it. So you're giving me a lot of inspiration and hope. I'm really glad that you've heard this stuff before. Well, I'll have to check out your podcast. I want to talk about your publication stuff. We'll get you back on here ASAP. Um, yeah, you're doing the damn thing. So feel proud. I mean, it's not like, you know, don't get cocky, kid. Like, it's not over yet, right? But, like, at the same time, you're doing it. So <laughs> fucking know that, man. You're, you're doing it. And uh, that's what's up. That's all I got to say about that. Cheers. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, then I'd say thank, thank you, you very, very much. Me. And, uh, yeah, any, if there's any, I don't know, last words <laughs> just for this transmission. And then because of the delay, I will say my, you know, goodbyes now in a sense. And when you're done, you know, we can wave to the audience if we wish. And uh, up to next time. Sure. I guess uh, um, it was it was awesome talking to you guys. Um, it was. I, I mean, I, I had a feeling it'd be a, a great conversation just from listening to so many of you, listening to, listen to you guys for so many hours. Um, so yeah, th thanks again for, for for what you guys are doing, bringing people together. Um, and I guess the last thing I would I would just say is yeah, vaniapodcast.com. Um, there's a lot of different type of material on there. You post some Bill Cooper stuff, some stuff that related very much so to like the scientific technocracy, which it's more more so entertainment now. But just looking back on like all the shit that he was right about. The spot on is, is, is fun. And there's obviously, obviously some, some applicable stuff there too. Um, but uh, most of it is, uh, yeah, very much pertaining to um, self-liberation. We've been getting really into the digital second realm um, as of late. Um, crypto anarchy. Um, we, uh, um, ghost pads and ghost phones, um, you know, um, hardware, you know, firmware hardened security, uh, you know, pri privacy, pri I guess, uh, um, privacy uh, phones and laptops and such. So we, we, uh, we've, been, we've been expanding. Um, it used to just be... Um, Used to be books on self liberation um, over at Liberty Attack, and now we've got uh, ghost pads and ghost phones too. So, um, I've, uh, yeah, I mean that's I guess just what I'll, what I'll leave it with. And uh, um, it's like I always I always end emails and podcasts with Fonny was yours for the making, and the second realm is yours for the building. So, um, thanks a lot for uh, for the time tonight, guys. Definitely. You are most assuredly Team Rabbit Hole, whether you feel like it or not, you're a dolphin. I mean, it's funny because it feels like we're all remembering waking up. Raphael probably feels normal to this, but to me, it's always really surprising. I'm like, oh, this is life isn't that bad. Fucking, I don't need Fox News and CNN to tell me what's going on. Um, it's great meeting up with people that are like-minded, like-spirited. I mean, different hubs of, uh, of the same wheel, if that makes sense. Or, you know, different spokes of the same wheel. It feels mm -hmm. like we're all kind of figuring our shit out and... And I'm pretty sure, Jim, he even followed your invitation on the Telegram channel, you know? Oh, yeah, I think he was one of those that replied. So that's, you know, I just picked up the lead. So, you know, Good here job. we are, Jim. It's I all you're doing. I threw bread <laughs> to the geese and wondered if any would quack. And that's, I guess we've had a couple say yes. So I'm totally stoked. On it. Yeah, uh, we'll check out your stuff. We'll get you back on. Um, guys, further up and further in. This dream is never ending. Enjoy the fucking ride. Kick ass. Have fun. Cheers. Enjoy, everyone. Thanks. <laughs>